We are the Adventuring Guild. And this is the Home Brew Review. again for joining us for another episode of the Homebrew Review. We finished off last week with taking out Asarak and uh, defeating and destroying the Soulmonger. Uh, once that happened, we of course burned the Lich, you teleported away, but that volcanic activity ended up exploding, but you guys were just able to get out of the way um, before that happened. Uh, so seemingly all of the Soulmonger has now been destroyed. You guys then exited out of that area and uh, eventually you were recruited by Arctis uh, Kimber, uh, who we will get into here in just a moment. So we will go ahead and do our introductions before we start on this adventure. Hello everybody, Brayden here once again playing Tugger the Clown. Uh, last week, his allies once again showed no mercy for him as he was chucked to the feet of a Sarah helplessly. <laughs> but fortunately that didn't matter as he was instrumental in orchestrating the dropping of a Sarak into the lava and the defeat of one of the greatest liches in D&D history. Uh, so far the class is proving very well balanced. I honestly at this point can only pick out a few things that I maybe make slight changes to. One of those being uh, what I was planning to use against the Sarak before he took that untimely swim in the lava was the pies in the eyes uh, performance art. Even on a fail uh, even on a successful saving throw against that performance art, the uh, creature that I throw the pie against is blinded. So if they if they do fail the um, the saving throw against it, they're blinded and then cannot speak for uh, a one round, I believe it is. But if they even succeed, they are still blinded. So that wouldn't have made much difference against the Serac, considering he has true sight, but with uh, other enemies that do not have true sight. I can imagine that being a very big pain in the ass for any DM that is uh, trying to get their big bad <laughs> out of the sort of blinded condition and actually fighting with any real uh, effectiveness. But uh, this class would just constantly be uh, stopping that from happening. Uh, another thing I might make a change to after this is the uh, Kakamora. Sorry, I'd, I'd, pr- I'd probably need a make some iterations on how to use me exactly, maybe add in some more properties because uh, it's all, yeah, there's a bit of up in the air about a bunch of different things with me and using me as a weapon. Ultimately, I didn't even think about me being used just as a melee weapon, but it is within balance being that I'm using my entire action essentially and I'm, I'm fairly well incapacitated while I'm in my shell. So it's not like I'm doing anything else but allowing people to deal damage with me. So it balances out in that retrospect. But uh, coming into this week, I'm very excited. I finally get fourth level spells, so I have some ability to cast some death wards on some people before we get started. Uh, I gain the in-character feature, which is a uh, feature that allows me to become immune to becoming frightened, which is awesome. I get another couple of awesome performance arts, uh, my favourite being fake it until you make it. So for a number of minutes equal to my clown power, which at this point is four, I can add my charisma modifier 
to any ability checks I make that I do not have proficiency in, so that is uh, fairly awesome. And at this point, when I have gained a fair amount of uses of performance art, is something that I would be able to do without worrying too much. At those early levels, when I was using my performance art, uh, I only had one or two uses of it, so it was. It felt like a very special thing to use, and I didn't really want to use it on something that was more utility-based instead of actual combat uh, effective. Uh, I instead of gaining an ability score, I once again took a feat from uh, one of the clown documents, so I took the powerful voice feat. So I gain an additional use of performance art again, putting me up to six uses of performance art instead of the regular base of four. And also, I have a range now for my performances. Most of them are at 30 feet. I now have a range of 60 feet. So I can heal you up to 60 feet away, which is awesome. Um, yeah, I'm really excited to get in here and try this out. Uh, I love playtesting this material and especially uh, my own races and sort of coming to realizations that maybe a few things need to be changed, but uh, it's all in the process of making uh, good homebrew. And yeah, I'm thankful to be back, guys. I look forward to playing. Hi, so it's, I'm Mount Rhino, back again with Accelerate, the exemplar speedster. I have to say a huge thank you to Zyrus for this race, or sorry, for this class, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, I'm pretty excited. I'm a little sorry for using Taga and making him drop drop it like it's hot right into the lava. <laughs> I'm waiting for that one. <laughs> uh, so for this level, I'm pretty excited. I get some, or I guess we'll start with level 12. My speed and skills to boost myself. Finally, I can haste and blur, which felt very fitting. Didn't get too much chance to use it, I ended up doing a fair bit of long range, which is actually part of the way the class is built. Unexpected perk, I ended up burning through stamina points, which I thought was kind of ironic since I kept saying, man, I have so many and I don't know what to do with this. Yeah, that, that didn't happen. But that did add some balance, because I have some pretty awesome skills now. Uh, would be super overpowered role playing wise. My ability to move hundreds of feet per round allows for some pretty, I think, almost game-breaking potential, which, fingers crossed, I'm going to try and annoy Bob with this game. Uh, but combat-wise, the limited stamina points and only applying to melee weapons actually felt quite balanced. So for level 16, I get heightened senses at twice, improvement twice, actually. 13th level gives me the ability to be aware of location anything I can hear within 10 feet, regardless if they're hidden or invisible. So I don't know what it is, but I know where it is. And at 15th level, I can use two stamina points to gain plus three on any single attack roll or deck saving throw. Uh, so I also got two ability score improvements, which I actually used, and it's helping me round out Accelerate, so I'm pretty excited. And my stamina points, uh, or stamina point pool, I guess, is up to 13. So I can now burn some stamina points to offset my cruel dice, and I see this as being a big cost, but it'll be awesome. So once again, thank you. I am still so excited and honored to be here, and I'm looking forward to some absolute silliness. Hello, everyone. This is Micah returning with Vargas, the Ostian Madurian Tyrant. Um, level 12 was a uh, wonderful fight against liches and unholy abominations in which I wasn't quite as effective as I wanted to be, but at the same time, I wasn't completely useless. Um, I feel that where the Tyrant uh, mantle of power from the chieftain class really shines 
is in dealing with enemies that are of a more martial nature, that utilize more straight attacks and, you know, fewer direct saving throw related spell effects. Um, but at the same time, you know, the, the, the boost to saving throws that I can give allies, if I can time them right and actually give them to them in time, instead of after they take ridiculous amounts of damage and have to make horrible con saves, um, I feel has the potential to be really good. Coming up on level 16, uh, gets a couple new features. Um, I get Strength of the Tribe, so when I initiate my war chant, I gain temporary hit points when my warband member's in range, and that's two times the number of warband members that are in range, so I will gain six temporary hit points every time I initiate a war chant. And the Tribal Ambassador feature, which is more of a roleplay feature than, than anything, um, deception, insight, intimidation, or persuasion checks can't be rolled lower than half of my charisma score. So for, for me, for myself and my warband members, anytime we make one of those checks, your roll is a minimum 10. So I feel like that can be really good in certain scenarios. Um, at level 16, rather than taking the ability score increase, I opted to pick up the dual wielder feat because one of the magical items that we acquired on our journeys was Oathbinder. So with that dual wielder feat, I will now have the flame tongue longsword in one hand and Oathbinder in the other to light our path to glory as I scream my allies towards victory. And with that, um, like I said, just more hit points, uh, a couple more battle cries, and another war chance to, to potentially use should to help keep everyone on their feet and in fit fighting shape. Hello, boys and girls. Mike, a.k.a. Stitches. I'm back with Tyrannia, the uh, arachnid druid circle of the hive homebrew uh, done by Duskwolf. And again, Arachnid on the Scroll of Strange Races, number two. Um, last session, I didn't really do a lot of Circle of the Hive stuff, aside from sending in my swarm uh, to get a little bit of annoyance, really, is uh, all that it did. Um, I basically just stood back and cast Druid spells. And with this being my first time playing a Druid in 5th edition, uh, I feel like once you hit that level 12, the spells get really good. Sunbeam. Was it, was it Sunbeam? Yeah. Is that what it was called? Mm-hmm. Incredible. I love that spell. <laughs> Especially against Undead. Holy cow. Um, so, not for sure exactly what Bob's got for us in store today, but uh, I did pick up an ability. I'm not going to review it right now. I'm going to wait till it happens. Because it's just worth hearing it as it happens. Uh, my Hive Companion increased in size, uh, so now it's a little more resilient. Um, every time you level up, every even level you to add their hit die by one, so they increase in hit points. And every fourth level, just like you, they get an ability score increase, so they've been increasing in size. I can actually transform now into a huge swarm when I use Swarm Shape, So and then I can actually split into two large, and then from two large into four medium. So I feel like that could... Where we don't use a map, I probably won't do that just for the sake of keeping things simple, but boy, if you're playing on a map and you've got a huge cavern full of people and you can be in five places at once, it seems like a whole lot of fun. So, But as per usual, I'm very happy to be here. I appreciate doing the content and learning new things and playing with great people, so let's get started. I feel like Mike has a thing for things that grow. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty bow, much. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> it occurred to me, we have a flaming sword that doubles as a torch. Yes. Olympic run, anyone? 
That's awesome. I feel like at your speed, the fire would just go out immediately. <laughs> and representing Canada in this year's games. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I think he just ran by. <laughs> Both of my weapons actually, I can I can light the the the, the, the long sword and it deal it it, it it emits light. So does Oathbinder. That is awesome. Okay, so basically, what ended up happening was you guys uh, crossed over the Bridge of Sorrows, uh, really happy, cheerful sounding place, um, and then you got into Irinji, I think is how you say it, uh, the Shade Walk. So this would be kind of a uh, residential-type city-town-type deal uh, where these people are living. Most of them are slaves. Uh, you guys would have identified them as having some sort of mind-control thing um, placed on them in order to keep them working as slaves. Once uh, Artis got into this area, he would have been psychically attacked by this demon that is controlling all of these people. He would have immediately, the ice in his uh, ring of winter would have gone spiraling out of control, and they are able to calm him down and get him into safety before you are told that you need to take out the demon that is in the Blight Sphere, which is the center of this very, very large maze. And Arctis uh, is able to get back to himself just enough to take out the conduit, which is one of the main sources of fiery power in this area. Uh, the conduit is where these slaves are sacrificed one at a time to to give it power. Uh, you would have been given a sending stone that is linked to the one that Artis has and told that when you guys get to this blight sphere, call on that sending stone and Artis will close that conduit, weakening the final demon at the end of this. So you guys would have been rested up, so full rest, everything like that, and then sent into the maze. Normally, you guys would have to make five correct turns in order to get to the uh, area. However, we're going to go ahead and just do um, them right in a row, so that or four right in a row, so that we can get into the Blight Sphere without taking up too much time in random wrong turns and everything else. So, we will then go ahead and get started. So where we are beginning, you guys would have just entered into the maze, and the first thing that you encounter while wandering around this area is uh, a very large cavernous hall. It just It's the very first large area that you've hit since leaving this main Can I take a lap? That's what I was going to suggest. <laughs> okay, yeah. As you begin to walk across then, um, uh, Excel, <laughs> I need you to give me a dexterity saving throw. Heck yes! I like how we use I may the term, or may not have a plus 11 to that. Jesus Christ. I like how we use the term walk for accelerate. Exactly. He doesn't ever actually walk, but it's his closest approximation for him. I, I'm moving 90 now. It's okay. That's crazy. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Thank goodness. So that's a 13. A 15? Oh, wait. <laughs> I have advantage of deck saving. Oh, my. Yes, I do. Oh, thank goodness. So, sorry, that is a 19. A 19. All right. Uh, you, As you were walking around the outside edge, all of a sudden, the middle section of this hallway begins to crumble, and you almost fall through, but with your incredible movement speed, you just kind of, like, run along the wall and, and on to the other side as this floor collapses out from underneath of you, and you notice that large spikes are sticking out uh, from the ground underneath where this collapsed, so you guys are very easily able to get through that. 
um, between a rope and everything else, you jump across this this le- uh, this gap and get to the other side. So you guys continue through this cavern a little ways, and you uh, enter into an area where there's a lot of mold and fungus and all of that kind of stuff. Would you guys try and turn around and go find another way, or would you try and get through this area, or what would you guys do? I'll light my sword. Okay. This sounds like a good time for jungle. The jungle. And, uh, so yeah, so I'll, I'll use my bonus action to light up my flame tongue long sword, so now I've got torchiness. Okay. And I will venture into this room and just kind of take a look around, see what I can see. Um, anything interesting? Okay, as you enter into the room, this fungus bursts into spore clouds. I need a constitution saving throw from you, sir. Is it poison damage, Bob? Uh, poison and then an additional effect. Um, so I have to double check. Uh, that is a 25. Okay. Then you are only going to take half of 60-10. Then so you take uh, 23 points of poison damage. Uh, because half on a save, and then uh, let's see, you passed, so you begin to hallucinate a little bit, but you're able to shake your head and uh, uh, bring yourself back to reality. Alright, I'm going to warn my friends about um, potential poison and hallucinogenics. (coughs) Um, Anything else interesting? Before we go any further, I will cast Death Ward upon myself, and then cast Aid upon my three allies. Okay. So you all have five extra HP. Uh, it adds to your maximum as well for the next eight hours. Ooh. And I can say that that was retroactive, because you guys would have been told that this maze is deadly um, upon entering, so that could be a retroactive effect. So, sorry, we have three sure. temp HP as well? You just have five extra hit points, and it adds to your maximum, so... Okay. Uh, okay. Any, anything, anything else of note in this? Nope. After all this fungus and, and mushrooms and spores settled to the ground, because uh, it would have created kind of a heavily obscured area, uh, you don't see anything of note. Uh, after about another 20 feet or so, uh, the it opens up into a normal hallway again. Uh, continue down the hallway. Okay. Or at least look down into the hallway to see... How far, how far down it looks like it goes. Yep, it would continue on just as all the other hallways had for uh, in random amount and then turning either left, right, or straight depending on where you guys would end up going. So your other friends wait for the spores to settle, I'm sure, and then continue to cross after all that's done? Sure, why not? Yeah, sounds good. Accelerate moves as slowly as possible. Exactly. Okay, as slowly as possible, still like 90 feet at a time. But um, <laughs> It's like sneaking. His <laughs> five-foot adjustment is 32 feet. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so you guys then find an abandoned camp uh, after another bunch of random turns. Uh, you see that there are bones and everything to indicate that some ambush or attack happened to the previous owners here, but you don't see anything else of note. Uh, would you open up one of the tent flaps to see what's in there? If so, I would who? ask to be thrown through the tents, like <laughs> a bowling ball, if possible. Yeah. Can I do it? Can I? <laughs> Go for it. I'm gonna say no. Okay, you throw Taga into this tent. Taga, give me, uh, roll me a d6. Two. 
two, you fly into this tent and land on a very, very soft and cushy bedroll. Uh, you also notice that there is a small, like, box, ornate box sitting next to that. And opening it up, you find an engraved platinum necklace. Uh, it does not seem to be magical, but does appear to be very, very fine. I wear it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I have a question. How? <laughs> Do you it's have a now? It's, it's a coconut with legs. I mean, how does it... <laughs> I have eye holes, so I think I like string the necklace. <laughs> the <eye> holes. <laughs> I have the same argument with this as I did with Tracy Fisher wearing brass knuckles. <laughs> like, you don't have knuckles. <laughs> oh, God, I'm a true. stickler for specifics. <laughs> no, he's gonna tie it around like the Karate Kid. <laughs> <laughs> you guys then continue on uh, through the tunnels, finding nothing else of note here. Uh, you continue to wander and you find a group of Shadowkin. They would be the slaves of varying races and everything uh, that you saw in that beginning area, and they all seem to be working in this area. Uh, you would know that they don't speak or do anything really along those lines. Would you try to talk to them? Would you do anything like that, or do you want to just continue on? Uh, they we're would aware not be. that they don't really speak Marcus. Use your helm of telepathy. I was actually just thinking the same thing. Um, so I can cast detect thoughts and send a telepathic message to a creature I'm focused on. Or as long as I maintain concentration and detect thoughts, I can communicate with them telepathically as long as I maintain concentration. Okay. So I'm going to do that. They have to make a DC 13 save. Uh, that was an at 20. They don't want to hear you. I can't get a read on them. <laughs> Alright, so would you guys say anything to him or just continue on down the tunnel? I don't oh. think that I really have anything that I could say. Skitter, skitter, chitter, chitter? Correct. Okay. Uh, hi, how's it going? Uh, I think it's alright, we go talk. Swamp scared a little bit of Jesus out of him. <laughs> <laughs> alright, so then you guys just continue on? Oh, uh, no, I was going to oh. stop to them. Oh, okay, what would you say to them? Hi, how's it going? What brings you down here? Absolutely no sound. They do. They look at you, kind of register that you're there, and just get back to work. The lights are on, but nobody's home. Yep, they are completely mind controlled, basically. That's why I couldn't. That's why I couldn't break through. All right, I'll keep going. Okay, you guys continue on. Then you are then able to make it to the center of the maze. So, a building of jagged black stone towers above the rest of the city, its upper spires reaching into a cold gray sky. Three large chunks of the dark rock float near the top, each one linked to the upper spiral spire by thick iron chains. The structure widens near the bottom, where the grand uh, entryway lies open in its center. An ominous dark red glow emanates from within, rhythmically pulsing like a beating heart. Is there a door? There is. Throw me. Wait, wait. I have a disguise kit and proficiency that I've never actually used. And actually, everybody entering into the area needs to give me a wisdom saving throw. Oh. At best. Ten. Sixteen. Eleven. Sixteen. Anybody that rolled less than a 14, uh, 
you have you start hearing whispers in your head and, and weird images pop up and you have disadvantage on all intelligence and wisdom ability checks for the next hour. Well, I'm terrible at those already, so that's fun. <laughs> <laughs> my spell attacks count as a wisdom check? Nope. It would be wisdom abilities like okay. perception right. and that kind of stuff. Sin- okay. All right. So then would you guys uh, enter into the Grand Hall? There isn't necessarily a door so much as a large opening. Recon Coconut? I can take a lap again. All right. You going to enter into that large circular room? I'm going to hold Taga if he's willing. And I was about to suggest the same thing. We're going to I'll hold Taga and we'll go take a lap. Okay, as you enter into the Grand Hall, this great hall spans 60 feet in diameter. The walls and floors are made of the same polished stone as the labyrinth. A ring of braziers encircle the chamber, the fire radiating a reddish-violet flame. In the center of this area, a symbol of a maze surrounded by strange sigils are engraved onto a rise stone dais. A trail of inky shadow rises from the center of the symbol into the ceiling 30 feet above. That's not ominous at all. So then you guys just kind of enter into the area there? I'm going to, while still holding Taga, try and stealth and kind of look around. Alright, go ahead and give me a stealth check. Is it wrong that I, I want fan art of Accelerate carrying Taga in the Heisman trip pose? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's applicable. Just, just. Oh, and then Taga well, 13. just. 13? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Alright, with a 13, you are just barely able to kind of poke your head around that corner and then immediately draw back as you see four skeletal-type-looking creatures, uh, two and two on either side of that chamber, that circular chamber, patrolling the area. All right. Oh, yeah, anything I can hear within ten feet, I'm aware of as well. Okay. Forgot, that was one of my level 16 changes. Yep, you just see the uh, four creatures, um, two and two on either side, uh, doing a patrol. Uh, so you would have poked your head around and seen them and then immediately jump back into the hallway. Okay, so I'm going to go back to the team and let them know, unless, Taga, there's anything you want to do? Uh, no. I just shout we as you run back. <laughs> you so shout... Yourself. Yes, you shout we, and all four creatures immediately converge upon you guys. Go ahead, roll me initiative. We're going to go ahead and say that you guys are... 25 feet down that hallway a little way. It went from that to that. I feel like this is every single session. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Roll initiative. Exactly. Alright, so uh, we will, the turn order will go Excel, uh, Terrania, Taga, the enemies, and then Vargas. So you guys would be, we'll call it, uh, once you ran down the hall and everything, they are 30 feet away uh, from where you guys are. You're taking shelter in this 10 foot wide hallway. They would be right at those double doors leading into that chamber. I'm going to look at Taga and say, Smackdown or bowling? Smackdown, baby. <laughs> All right. I'm going to use the stamina point and cast Blur on myself. So your body becomes blurred, shifting and wavering to all who can see you. For the duration, any creature has, dis- any creature has disadvantage on attack rolls against you. An attacker is immune if they don't rely on sight, as with blind sight, or can see through illusions, as with true sight. 
will hit with the offhand weapon for this, then. Okay. Which I believe would be one of my silver scimitars. All right. That's my main one. So, I will go for the skeleton closest to me. Oh, no. Then I can't dash and disengage. And you would know that they can only come at you two at a time because of how wide this hallway is. Um, it would be two and two. Yeah. I'm just going to remind everyone that I do have Oathbinder. <laughs> and these are skeletons. Oh. Yes. <laughs> so then I guess I'm just going to, you know, go behind Vargas. <laughs> okay. So then you are behind Vargas. We then move on to Terrania. Um... I'm looking into giant scorpions really quick. Alright. Alright, so I'm going to reach down and uh, open the hatch on my scorpion cage and release a scorpion onto the ground and then cast giant insect on it, fourth level druid spell. Okay. It will enlarge the scorpion into Mr. Pinchy, what I call him. Um... Anybody who's wanting to check around, it's page 327 on the Monster Manual. Um, has multi-attack, two claws, one sting. Um, armor class 15, hit points 52. And can he activate the turn that he comes in? Yep. Okay. Uh, we'll have him just, like, run straight through and get to one of the skeletal whatever. Okay. And, all right, so two claw attacks. Claw attacks are done at plus four to hit. Uh, a 20 and a 12. Uh, the 20 will hit. Okay, and that is 1d8 plus 2 bludgeoning. Alright. So, 6 bludgeoning damage. Alright. Um, and the target is grappled. D escape DC of 12. Okay. Uh, and the sting. We'll try to sting the guy that I missed with the claw attack. Okay. Uh, 7 plus 4, 11. Probably not gonna hit. Nope, not enough. Right. Uh, when you do, uh, when he does pinch on and try and stab him, he will take, because of the necromantic aura surrounding this creature, Ooh. one point of necrotic damage. Um, and I will, my, oh no, that was my spell and my, yep, that's, I'm done. Okay. We then move on to Taga. Alright, as a bonus action, I emerge from my shell and run into the room. I only have 25 feet of movement speed, but I'll get in as far as I possibly can. Yep, uh, so you would get within uh, 10 feet of the enemy, so you'd basically be right behind that giant scorpion. Alright, perfect. I will then cast Aura of Life upon myself. So that's a 4th level spell, concentration for 10 minutes. Uh, Life-preserving energy radiates around me in an aura with a 30-foot radius. Until the spell ends, the aura moves on with me, uh, and each non-hostile creature in the aura, in the aura including me, has resistance to necrotic damage and its hit point maximum cannot be reduced. Additionally, at the start of each of our turns, we gain one hit point as long as we are in the aura. Fantastic. I cast that, and then I end my turn. Okay. We, uh, what was that, Mikey? Um, I forgot everybody to take your, uh, temporary hit points. Oh, we yeah. initiative. Yep, yeah, you can either move your movement speed or take uh, 10 hit points, but since we already started in the encounter, everybody gets 10 hit points. How much 10? Equal to half my chieftain level, so you oh. will, everyone gains 8 temporary hit points. So then, uh, the four skeletons, uh, the two of them uh, that can actually get to you, uh, giant scorpion person, are going to attack. Uh, two longsword attacks each. AC 15. Alright. 
And they have a plus six to hit, so that's all four hits. One of them was a crit. <laughs> I rolled. No, Mr. Pinchy! No! Yes. 15, 16, 16, and 20, so. Okay. Yeah. Well, you know. Uh, any resistances or anything, or just give them the all at once? Oh. It has resistance to necrotic damage. Okay, uh, all this is slashing, luckily. Uh, no, it's just senses blind fight, blind sight, 60 feet, passive perception, uh, and then just the Columbus thing. Alright, uh, so then that would be 44 total points of slashing oh, damage. Good lord. The two in the back row that can't physically attack, uh, I'm going to roll randomly to see who. There's six, uh, it would be Mike the one, Mike two, uh, Brayden three, Rhino four, and then Giant Scorpion five. So two, uh, so I need Mike, Trania, I need you to give me a constitution saving throw, DC 13. Oh, and that's why I took Resilient as a feat at 12th level, so I did Efficiency. Uh, is that 16? 25. Okay, you pass. I need uh, Braden to do the same thing. Constitution saving throws, 13. I got 10. Alright. You feel this deathly cold energy just envelop you as your gazes meet, and you take 17 points of necrotic damage. So half to eight. Yep. We then move on to the invisible enemy that you did not see. So all of a sudden, a uh, this strange feeling of somebody being behind you all of a sudden takes you, and as you turn your head to look around, you get attacked with a great axe to the back. What did I, wouldn't I have noticed it because I'm behind Vargas? Oh, well, if you're behind Vargas, then it would be on you, Excel. So and I have 10 feet. If I can hear it, I can... Yep, he teleported to your space as this ah. great axe slashes down at you. You see a gigantic Nykaloth. You take 6 plus 5, so 11 points of damage. I rolled a 19 plus 9. What kind of damage? Uh, it would be slashing damage. Okay, so with my superior athleticism, I get to reduce that by two. All right, we then move on to... Quick uh, question. You said Nykaloth? Yes, Nykaloth. Uh, what type of a check would you like us to make to see if we have any idea about what we're dealing with? You would have fought them previously. Uh, it's a Yugloth, a uh, large fiend. Looks kind of like that. So giant winged demon-looking thing with a great axe. <laughs> well, my focus has just shifted. Yep, and it would be your turn, Vargas. Okay, um, I was thinking about, but because we're just going to heft uh, Oathbinder a little bit, because it's also a mace of disruption, uh, fiends and undead do not like this thing. And so we're going to take a swing at this Nykaloth, uh with my extra attack and get two attacks against it. Woo! That's funny. Crit! With Oathbinder, it functions as a Mesa Disruption, so it's normally a, a 1d8, but because it is a Fiend or Undead, it takes an extra 2d6 Radiant Damage, and since I crit, we're getting 2d8 plus 4d6. That's fantastic. Oh, what I wouldn't give for Savage Attacker right about now. When you, when you <laughs> crit and you roll a bunch of ones. Yeah. 17 points of Bludgeoning Damage, and 2, 3, 4, 5 points of Radiant Damage. Okay. Any chance they take double radiant damage? Unfortunately not. And then second attack with uh, the the Oathbinder is a 25 to hit. Yes. 
for 13 points of bludgeoning and 5 points of radiant damage. Alright. And then as a bonus action, I am going to just bellow in his face with all of my rage. He tells you to use some mouthwash next time. Yeah, but I also needed to make a wisdom save. <laughs> uh, that was only an 11. Alright, he is forced to instantly move his full movement speed away away from me, so I'll use my reaction to take an attack opportunity with both binders. Okay, uh, you would get one to excel. Huzzah! Oh, I'm not holding Tanya anymore. Dang it. <laughs> <laughs> so that's just normal scimitar attack, I imagine. Yep. Yep. I'm not hit it first. Just a weapon, you know. <laughs> no, but you're heavy <laughs> and good as one. <laughs> yeah. That is a 19 to hit, Bob. Hits. For nine points of bludgeoning and four more radiant damage to it. And that's uh, 22 to hit. Yes, that hits. 26. And it, um, it's silvered, correct? Yes. Okay. Eight damage, because so I think I can only hit him with one. Correct, yes. Yeah. But that's significant. You guys almost got him down with bloodied in that one round. And he flies away from you at 60 feet. So he is now 60 feet away from you guys. And that was my routing cry. So is he farther, like, behind us yeah, down, he down that uh, thing? Yeah, down the maze. Oh, okay. Uh, so then we move back on to Excel. Well, we'll let Taga be his own sentient coconut for a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> We're carrying around two sentient weapons now. <laughs> yeah. Though the temptation to try and, you know, silver a coconut was great. Um... I saw that in Game of Thrones. I don't think it's a great idea. <laughs> so I bet just get, like, silver earrings or something, and they hit me <laughs> right on the point of the earring. Yeah. Side note, the attack he did on me, was it a disadvantage? Oh, it was not. Because I had cast Blur on myself. Yep, no, it would have hit anyway. I rolled a 19 the first time, and then a 17 this time. Uh, plus 9 to hit. Shoot. Worth a shot. Um... Yep. So he's 60 feet away? Yep, he flew his full movement speed of 60 feet away. Okay, I've got a movement speed of 90. So I'm going to cast haste on myself. Jesus Christ. <laughs> 180 feet now, movement. So yeah, 180 movement. <laughs> Plus an AC of 20. And I have advantage on deck saving throws, which I had anyways. And an additional action on each of its turns. So, I can now safely move to the Nikola? Yep. And back afterwards by dash and disengage. Um, so that's what I'm gonna do. Okay, you charge him and then attack, I'm assuming? Yes. Alright. So that's, I'm gonna make, I guess, two attack. Uh, who? Those aren't great. Um, Big slingshot. I guess 16 or 18. Eight, 18 would hit exactly. Perfect. So that's one scimitar. And that is nine damage. Alright. I'm going to save my stamina points for attacks with uh, Taga. So then I'm going to just run back to the party. Dash and disengage as an action using my. Oh, she's just actually say the skill. Speed over strength skill. And yeah, return to the party. Okay. We then move on to uh, Terranium. Um, yeah, giant scorpion engaged with the two skeletons, and then you're somewhere in that mess. Okay. Um, they're undead. I kind of 
Scorpion's probably going to go down with all the attacks that he's taken. I don't know that I want to waste high-level spells on this. Like, I don't know how if we're going to have rest capability between now and the next thing. So I'm a little concerned about just, like, blowing all my big stuff. Um, <clears throat> so I'll go ahead and... I'm going to move up <clears throat> to, to the, the nearest Skeleton. And... Right next to where your scorpion is? Yep, right next to my scorpion. Um, so I'm actually going to declare movement through the scorpions, which will protect, which will, uh, oh my god, opportunity I attack? speak, not protect, it'll provoke opportunity attacks. You protect okay. the attack. The attack. So I will go ahead and do that. So... You move the scorpion through the... Oh, no, not the scorpion. Scorpion's oh. just hanging out. Okay. Uh, Tyrannia herself will be running in between the scorpion, or in between them. Okay, so you would get four opportunity attacks then. Oh, all four of them? I was thinking I'd only get one or two. Are you going all the way through the group to the other side, or are you going to get in the middle? I'm going to get right up in the middle. Okay, then, uh, yeah, you would just take two. Oh, no, you wouldn't, because you would be... You're not leaving their attack range, so you only take an opportunity attack if you leave their attack range. So if they're in four squares and you're right smack dab in the middle, you would be within all four of their attack spheres, so you would not take attacks. Okay. What would it take for me to take at least one? Uh, You're trying to scatter. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Uh, You would have to move into... You would have to move completely behind them, and then you would take two. Okay, that's fine. That's what I'll do. This way, I'll be on that side of them, so we'll have the skeletons surrounded. Yes. Yeah, like okay, oh. so before you tell me anything, Bob. Mm. Uh, so when when uh, I am subject to a melee attack from an enemy that I am aware of, I can spend my reaction to immediately use my swarm shape ability and engulf the attack. There's going to be a lot of triggering on this. Um, if you do, you can choose to use vital swarm shape as normal. You gain a bonus to your AC for the triggering attack equal to your wisdom. So for the purpose of this attack, I will go from 14 up to 18 AC. And judging by Micah's woe, that's not going to matter. Um, but I will be in swarm shape, therefore I will have resistance. Um, I am going to use my vital swarm shape and uh, chittering tide ability to expend a spell slot of six, which will make me a huge swarm. So expending one spell slot of six level. So that happens, and then uh, whenever okay, so whenever I use uh, my vital swarm shape or my scatter ability, my uh, swarm companion from interior, it immediately expels. So I'm going to use... This isn't really going to be as awesome as I wanted it to be. I wanted to use it on something that wasn't a skeleton. Um, but at infestation, this is the ability I mentioned at the beginning. At 14th level, you add your full proficiency bonus to attack, damage, AC, and saving throws of your colony. As an action, when your colony shares a space with an enemy, you can force the colony to spend its reaction to attempt to enter the enemy's body. Oh god! Now it's a skeleton, so that's really not that difficult. But, uh, still. You got it! Oh no! <laughs> uh, the enemy must make a constitution saving throw against your spell save on the DC and a failed save. The colony enters the body. So as they expel, they will use their reaction to enter the body of the skeleton, oh, which again God. really isn't. Thematically, it's not that impressive. Yeah. It would be much better if it was going into, like, you know, yeah, your, up the nose your, your landlord or something. Yeah. Um, so, but. So that happens there. Uh, so they need to make a constitution save against my spell spell DC, which is 17. Fails. Fails? Yep, fails. Okay, so they the bugs just literally climb all inside and get up and, and, and all, oh, get up, get up in the grits. 
Now, during the next activation of either my colony or the skeleton, they will burst violently from the inside of the skeleton, causing 10d10 piercing damage. That is ridiculous. So we'll have that happen. And then, so again, I moved and I reacted. I now have 18 against that attack. But I do have my resistances up, and because I pushed, my swarm shape will be, it is Five level the spell slots. So my HP in swarm shape is. So I have 56 HP. Go ahead and proceed with your attack. Hey, but you, you had rolled it. Yep. Really? Yep. And, and a crit. And a crit. Yep. So that would be 28 points of slashing damage. Okay, so slashing uh, down to 14. 14? Yep. Plus, because you touched the creature. Five points of necrotic damage, which is which is half down to well resistance down to three. Yep, and then same thing with your swarm that entered into the body of the other one is going to take six points of necrotic damage. So six down three. Yep. Okay. All right. So now I'll make my attacks. Okay. And wait, Michael, did you say it was an action to force your swarm to use their reaction? Um, no. I thought I heard you say that. No. Never mind. Um. Let's see here. Oh, no, you did say that. Yeah. As an action, when your colony shares a space with an enemy, you can force your colony to spend its reaction. So that yeah, that, that was be. my action. Okay. Then, Good um, catch, Mike, because I was reading. I'm bad about that kind of stuff myself, so I'm always on the lookout to make sure that, you know, strange things like that that do weird triggers. All right. Uh, and I will attack with my uh, scorpion. Okay. Um, so the two claw attacks. Um... Actually, when you're grappled, can I still attack with that claw? Or yep. am I just still... Okay, so um, we'll do that one. Squeezing it further. Uh, 15 plus... What is it? 5, I think? That'll hit. Okay, so and that's a D8 plus 2 bludgeoning. Uh, that's 10. No. Okay. 10 bludgeoning. Then the other one, going after the skeleton, is a 12 plus 5, 17. Okay. For a D8 plus 2 bludgeoning, 7. Okay, uh, and so then which one would you be inhabiting? The one that attacked the scorpion or the other one next to him? Um, and then which one would the your one swarm next to him? Okay, I'll put that over there. And then which one would your swarm be inhabiting? Uh, scorpion or the one that you are attacking? I guess basically if the scorpion is on two, put me on the third and the swarm on the fourth, basically. Uh, you wouldn't be able to because you could only do that on the ones that attacked you because it was as a reaction to taking the opportunity attack and you took opportunity attacks from okay. the scorpion one and the one next to you. Okay. Let's go on the one that's not... Okay. That, that hasn't been damaged by the scorpion. Okay, yep, that's... The one that's not currently grappled. Gotcha. All right, then. Get any Which might you would actually grapple oh. the other one, too. Uh, no, no flanking oh, on right. this one. Yeah. Now they're both grappled. Yes, they would be. Because I did hit the other one, too. Yeah, let me... Mr. Pinchy just living up to his name. Exactly. All right, we then move on to uh, Taga. Uh, has everyone been regaining their single point of HP each round? I forgot to regain a point of HP. It makes a difference. It does. Uh, so... It's a free goodberry. Yes. Exactly. Uh, you see, although there's not, like, spotlights or anything, you see all the lights within this area go completely black and everyone's, uh, everyone's vision fades. As it returns, everyone else is, uh, all my allies are gone. And instead of Targa, you see a very old man standing there with a microphone in his hand and a suit, and he says, uh, 
Introducing the comedy icon, Taga the Clown! <laughs> disappearing. And you watch Taga come out in a suit and a little top hat waving his hands in the air. Uh, I'm using my. Yes, yes. <laughs> I'm using my, my performance art uh, called Steal the Show. Uh, so for the next minute, I can choose a number of allies within 30 or now 60 feet of me equal to my clown level. Oh, my clown power, sorry. So uh, that would be four. So I can choose up to four allies and you guys get the benefit of the invisibility spell until the end of my next turn. Invisible swarm. Yes. So uh, you just see Targa standing there, and he's got a giant microphone, which is really just his warhammer disguised. <laughs> he's going to just walk up to one of the skeletons and say, uh, sit down, the show's about to start, and he bonks him on the head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for a uh, 20-something to hit. Yes, that'll hit. All right. Oh, max damage. 11 points of silvered warhammer damage. All right, you are able to strategically strike away from where the swarm is, so uh, uh, Terrania is not squished. Perfect. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Uh, that, that's my turn. Okay, we then move on to the skeletons. Uh, the one skeleton is going to attack the scorpion, because the scorpion is not benefited by the invisibility. Let me know when my infested skeleton activates. Okay, yep. It'll be right after this one, basically, I think. Uh, so, he makes two long sword attacks. He's not going to even try and break the grapple. Uh, so, that is a um, 19 and a 20. Not natural. Against the scorpion. scorpion? Yep, AC 15. Okay. Yeah, then takes uh, 18 total points of slashing damage. Alright, that was a dead scorpion. Okay. Then the uh, one that it would now be activating the one that you are infesting. Okay, so um, when they activate, ten d ten piercing damage. Why can you four d ten? Well, I've got five d tens myself, so I'll just roll them twice. Um, so that'll be five, fourteen, twenty, twenty-four, thirty. Good work. Mm-hmm. Um. Oof. 40, 48, 54, 55, 60. Everybody in the surrounding area is pelted by bones as the skeleton explodes out and a swarm of spiders just remains. Pretty much, yeah, because he only had 34 health points, so that was basically double his health. Wow. That's terrifying. Yes. Alright, that, that would have killed him outright. They only had 52 total to start with. All right. Uh, Meta knowledge. Yes, exactly. <laughs> metal uh, knowledge. Metal. The two skeletons behind them that saw that swarm do that then attack both of you. So I will they roll odds. They are invisible. Oh shit, they are. That is true. They just watched their buddy explode <laughs> out no of reason. nowhere. Like, For we no reason. For no reason. What the hell, Taga? Then I need you to give me two Constitution saving throws. DC thirteen. One success. One failure. Line of that. All right. This effect, this feature has no effect on undead uses or constructs. Screw it. We'll go for this round. We know for next oh, time. Forgive us, internet. God. Okay. Oh, I'm stupid. I didn't read. No, you're fine. Um, so then, Taga, you would take 16 points of necrotic damage. 
Alright, half day. And I lose concentration of aura on my aura. Okay. We then move on to the Nightloth. The Nightloth is going to fly back its full 60 feet. And Taga, you would be just outside of his range. So he's going to go up 60 feet, basically right where Excel is standing. And cast Mirror Image on himself. So now there are four Nightloths standing there. Uh, we then move on to... Uh, Vargas. Oh. The one... Uh, one time I wish... I actually have a, a, a battle cry that can force him to make a save or lose concentration on his spell effect. But... Yep. We're just gonna try to, uh... Before you attack any of them, am I able to hear which one of them is the real one? Uh, no. They would all be making identical everything. I didn't know if mirror image applied to sound as well. Let me check. Um, come on, D&D Beyond. There we go. Um, illusory duplicates of yourself appear in the space until the spell ends. Duplicates move with you and mimic your actions, shifting positions, so it's impossible to track the, which image is real. Uh, you can use your action to dismiss them. Uh, it does not say... Uh, a creature is unaffected by the spell if they can't see, if it relies on senses other than sight, such as blind sight, or if they perceive illusions as false with true sight. So then, yeah, I guess technically you would be able to tell which one's the real one. So, as Taga, like, turns to do that, I'm going to do, like, a pst and point at which one, if it's within ten feet of me. Yes, he would be standing within five feet of you. Then, uh... Wait, does the invisibility apply to allies not being able to see allies? Not correct. Oh, okay, then it wouldn't matter. You're pointing at which one's real, but Vargas, you have no idea. Yeah, I'm like, okay. Thank you for... You do have advantage on that attack roll, though, for the first one, but then the invisibility drops after you make an attack roll. Yeah. Alright, so I will, if nothing else... So, first attack... That will hit. Okay. And that will hit one of the illusions. Alright, and second attack... Will hit. That will hit the real one. Alright, so he will take... Ooh, that's a good roll. Uh, 13 points of bludgeoning damage, and 9 points of radiant damage. Alright, and... Let's see, it is not a concentration spell, so he's good to go. And you know what, Bob? Just because we've been ha- I've been having so much fun with this, uh, it worked out so well for me before, I am going to scream in a bellowed rage again and force him to make another wisdom save. Alright. Oh, that one fails. All three of them tick off 60 feet. Excel, you get an uh, opportunity attack, as does Vargas. Why are they taking off? Routing Christ says that uh, they have to make a wisdom save, or uh, on a failed save, they are forced to instantly move their full movement speed away from me. Oh. Okay, Yep, that'll hit, and I'll say since you can hear which one is real, uh, you can attack the real one out of that. When I scatter, I I force a seven against being frightened. Okay. So if I saw him actually attack the real one, knowing that he can see the real one, would that mean that I know which one to attack now? You have no idea which one's the real one. Okay. Because he would not have said anything to you. Okay, well that will, uh, that's a uh, 22 to hit. Okay, and you, another duplicate is gone. It's down just to the two. All right, we then move on to... Um, 
Marcus. So then, Excel, it is your turn. How how injured is he looking? He is well, well, well below bloody. I'm just gonna go try and finish this guy off. All right. Um, sorry, I just to do all my round counting. <laughs> And we get one HP per round. Up to our max. Nope, that that spell dropped. Okay, right. He lost his concentration. I was at max HP, so all good. I'm going to use my 180 movement speed and go savvy, savvy. All right. Um, I got a 22 and an 18 to hit. Both will hit. Okay. And second D6. Uh, oh, wow. Um, 21 damage. Uh, piercing. Alright, he is barely standing. I'll use my bonus action for my extra attack. I was gonna say, uh, uh. Oh, you still have haste going, so you would have an additional action as well. Yeah. If you want to save your stamina points, like I said, I'm dealing enough damage to do them with with the, uh, the, the Oath Binder. That you, if we want to save your stamina for something more useful, I'm planning on saving it at the very least to what I'm wielding, Taga. Yeah, so go ahead and make your extra attack anyway because you have that um, haste action that you have not I used have yet. Haste as well as extra attack, so I don't yeah. know how many attacks that is. But so sure. you have one extra attack per attack action, correct? Or is it two? Haste action is only one attack, so you'd only have three yes, attacks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, 21 to hit. Yep. And with haste action, do you get uh, modifiers? Yes. You do? Okay. So then that is 6 damage. Okay. Barely standing still. Single digits. Alright, I'll still dash and disengage. Alright. We then move... Oh, go ahead. Go back to Mark. Oh, I was just going to say, go next to Marcus. Okay. Terrania, it is your turn. I, during the, the round there, I spend a little bit of time figuring <laughs> out the error that I made, and I apologize to our listeners for that, um, that I would not have been able to do that, but you said, go ahead and screw it. Um, the fact that I forced my action to, my action was to give it the reaction to infest. If I attacked and it attacked just generally, the amount, with me being a huge swarm and it being a large swarm, we actually... Based on average damage, we would have dealt enough, I think, to kill it. Yeah. So that's why the good news is, is that we don't really have to be like, oh, we're retconning. Uh, instead of saying that that even happened, we just I just made basic attacks, base attacks, and then the scorpion did more damage to it. So exactly. I, think, I think the result would have been exactly the same. So um, there you go. Um, so how many we got left? Uh, you have three skeletons, the one that slayed the scorpion, um, and then uh, two full health ones in the back row, and then the Nycloth once again retreated 60 feet. All right, let's focus. All right, now I do have um, Voice of Mini at 14th level. While in the form of a large size swarm, you can spend a bonus action to split into two medium size swarms. While you are a huge size swarm, you can spend a bonus action to split into two large size swarms. And two mediums. So I will on. So I'm huge. I will split into two large size swarms, and each of my swarms will go to the two that are full health. Oh, okay. So I'll just kind of like slide into their health, and then I will leave uh, my companion swarm on the one that has taken damage. Okay. So we now have three large size swarms. Absolutely terrifying. So against uh, the first skeleton that my swarm goes to, uh, that is crit. Yeah. 
and I'm doing 48 damage. Can I borrow a d8? Plus my proficiency modifier. Um, 7, 14, 15, 18. Uh, so 36 plus my proficiency modifier for 40. Damn. Piercing damage. Almost killed it. Okay, and then the attack on the second. The oh, My bad, my bad. Sorry. When I break down the large, I go to 46. Oh, okay. So I apologize. Nope, you're fine. Uh, so 6, 9, uh, 12, 14, so 28 plus 4. Okay. For 32. And then attack on the second one that I just moved to. That's a 1. Oh, no. I, I critted and then fumbled. All the good bugs went to the, the first swarm. Exactly. Um, yes. All right, and then my swarm, the companion swarm, will attack uh, seven, and its bonus is plus six, so thirteen. Okay. It's the skeleton. Not quite enough. Not quite enough. All right. Um, that'll be all we do. All right. We then move on to Taga. All right. I have been building Taga and his character for this one moment, the, the Grand Show. Uh, so using my bonus action, I'll start a new performance, but the feat I gained at level 12 was uh, Troop Leader, which allows me to use my best medicine performance without interrupting my other performance I'm using. So I've got my Silver Show and Best Medicine uh, active at once, and Best Medicine works to upkeep uh, the Silver Show. So that is my bonus action to start that. Uh, Taga looks around, in his mind anyway, uh, seeing his friends hitting all these enemies. Uh, all they're really doing in his mind is just laughing and cheering as he's getting ready for his show. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> so he will say, uh, he'll grab his microphone, bring it close to his mouth and say, um, hmm. <laughs> he'll say, uh, did you hear about the kidnapping at the school? It's fine, he woke up. And uh, the four, I will choose you three and one of these swarms, whichever one is damaged. Uh, you regain 16 HP. Oh. And the lights fade out on everyone, and everyone, uh, those four as well, are now invisible. <clears throat> okay, so they're invisible again. Every round, it's a new invisibility. Yep. Okay, that's awesome. Uh, and then I totally forgot um, with Terrania to do the damage. Yep, the necrotic. Um, yep, so... Because I figured we're invisible, so we wouldn't have provoked any opportunity attacks. With, no, with but when movement. you touch them. Yep. yep. Uh, so one point of necrotic for your companion swarm, and then Terrania, you'll take a total of ten points of necrotic damage. So ten down to five? Uh, or... No, because that resistance effect uh, faded with... Oh, that one did fade. Okay. Yep. So ten. Yeah, it was three and then a seven. Twenty-nine. All right. Uh, we then uh, Taga. Was that everything on your turn then? Uh, I believe. That's why I'm not concentrating. That. Oh, yeah, that was my turn. All right. We then move on to the enemies. See, the skeletons then are still only able to see Taga. So then uh, two of them are going to converge and attack you normally, and then uh, I'll need one constitution save, so let me get these attacks out of the way first. I fail. Oh, okay, I'll do that first then. So you will take... Oh, damn. Uh, 20 points total of necrotic damage. Ooh. And then you'll take four longsword attacks. Oh, cool, cool. Get one crit, and the others won't hit at all. 
Uh, what's your AC? 16 was my highest after the crit. 20. Okay, yep. So then only one will hit, but it was a crit. So then you will take uh, 15 points of slashing damage. Oh, nice. We then move on to the Nightloth, which once again goes all the way back up 60 feet. Cannot quite reach anybody. So he will then, as an action, teleport up to Taga and then um, strike you with his great axe. I'll just say, uh, enjoying the show. Uh, he, he pauses for a second when you ask him that question uh, with his nat one, sets his great axe down on the ground and is like, hmm, I guess I am enjoying it. And uh, just continues to watch the show. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. God. Can you guys still hear me, by the way? Yes. Yes. Sweet, I switched which mic I was using. Yay. Okay, Vargas, it is your turn. Um, well, then, that, that Nightgallop, he probably couldn't move too far away from me. Yep, so, he would be within, like, ten feet. So I'll just walk up ten feet and, uh, like, excuse me, sir, but the management has asked me to tell you to leave. <laughs> Side note, what happened to his mirror image? Uh, there's still two of them there. Okay, would he, oh, not after the teleport, I would say, wouldn't Vargas know? Because I was very aimed attacking one of them. In the confusion of running away and how dark it is and everything else, I'm going to say no. Because this rules is written. Bob, that's a 23 to hit. Yep, that'll hit. And that'll uh, hit the duplicate, so it disappears. Good, that leaves one left. Yep. That's why I'm not too worried. Is Advantage. Uh, I, I figured my, my visibility would have dropped if I had actually spoken to him, right? Probably, yeah. Which, that's fine. Um, that is a 24 to hit. Yep. And that will kill him outright with his 7 all health points. Yep. That's why I'm not too worried about the mirror images. He was going to go down if he hit this round anyway. We are also going to, as a bonus action, finish my move, walk over to Taga, give him a pat on the back and say, This has been a great show, buddy. Keep up the good work. And uh, he will gain temporary hit points equal. He will gain uh, five temporary hit points to uh, help keep him up and, and going. And I am Thank standing you. right next to him, ready to uh, do what I need to do. So okay. that's the end of my turn. All right. We then move on to Excel. There are just the uh, three of those skeletal creatures, uh, and all three are infested with swarms. I'll go after the one that's already injured, I think. Okay. Okay, so I will do my first two attacks. Uh, 16 to hit and 28 to hit. Yep, both would hit. Go ahead and you would have advantage on the first one. So see oh. if you crit. See? Uh, nope. Okay, but both of them still hit. Perfect. So that's... 17 damage total. Alright, and then you would take, because you attacked him melee, you would take one point of necrotic damage. Bob, I'm going to go ahead and utilize, after you do that, <laughs> uh, my, uh, oh, well, I forget what it's actually called. Let's be attack when a creature within five feet of me takes damage. You would be within ten feet. Because you would have been, no, because Vargas would have, or Excel would have moved. Because I moved right, I moved up right yep, next so to then, Taga. Yep, so then you would be able to hit it, sorry. That's a yeah. crit. Okay, roll that damage. Yeah. And it is undead, so you get the bonus. Yeah. Uh, that's six plus six is twelve points of blending and uh, twelve points of radiant. 
it explodes in this white radiant light and these spiders come flying out as it explodes as well. <laughs> Invisible spiders go flying out. Invisible spiders. <laughs> That's probably the most terrifying thing we've come up with. Yeah. Yeah. They're bad enough to begin with. Exactly. Alright, Excel uh, haste action. Australia. <laughs> yes, exactly. Australia. You know, you keep forgetting, Mike? Is uh, um, my uh, uh, boisterous attack ability? It says, "Oh wait, no, I'm not. I'm not actually using a warchant. So never mind. Mm. Well, I'm using a warchant. I can have my charisma modifier to damage. That's awesome. Excel haste action and bonus action. Uh, I'm gonna haste action attack one of the other ones. All right, one of the other damaged ones with the full health. What other ones damaged? Uh, Tyrannia split into two swarms. Um, oh. So there's one damaged one that uh, was crit, and then the other one just yeah, was spiders, but not damaged yet. I'll do the other damaged one for now, then. Okay. <laughs> 12 to hit? Not quite enough, no. And, alright, dash and disengage, I guess. I'll go behind Vargas. Alright, yep, you very easily disengage and move 10 feet to get behind Vargas. Hold up, would I have taken necrotic damage from killing that oh, skeleton? Oh, yes you did. Uh, four points. Oh, and then, uh, you would take an additional two points, uh, Excel. That's necrotic again? Yep. Alright. Okay, Tyrannia, it is your turn. Alright, so having split two swarms... Um, are there still three? Or did they explode? Two. Which one did they explode? Uh, the one that had your companion swarm. All right. Well, my companion swarm will squirk up and and uh, <laughs> did you say squirk up? I said squirk up. Okay. I don't know why. I think I was trying to say square up, but I just I'm, I'm okay with this. I just um, want to make sure that. I was so I was reading a little bit more about it. Another thing that I can do is if I stay in the well, actually in large or huge, I can extend into a line instead of just a square. So I could literally, if there's just a row of people, I could just be in a line, <laughs> but I can still only have one attack. But I can expend spell slots to purchase extra attacks equal to the number of spell slots. Gotcha. So like, if I'm like, all right, so there's five guys in a line, I spend, expend a four spell slot spell, and I get four, addi- four additional targets. I can't make five attacks on one target, but I can attack each of those targets. That's once. cool. So staying in in large and huge form, yes. I was just thinking you just said if there's five guys in a line, usually there's a line in five guys. <laughs> uh, Brayden, can we get a horn, please? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. It's I was. Coming. It's coming. Ah. No, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's even more perfect. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Okay. So, uh, Companion Swarm will squirk up. That's what I said. And uh, 7 plus 6, 13. I think what I had last time. I didn't hit. Uh, so, me swarm. Uh, 8 plus, and my attack value is my wisdom modifier plus proficiencies of 9, 17. Yes, enough to hit. Awesome. And I went to large, so it's 46. Six nine plus wisdom. Um, only thirteen. Almost enough to bring it down, but not quite. All right, and um, the next my uh, my other swarm. Seventeen plus twenty. Yep. Uh, there we go. Ten eighteen plus four twenty two. All right. Enough to almost bring it down to blood. Oh. Okay. That's... We then uh, anything. 
No, that's it. I have no concentrations to worry about. Although, uh, the necrotic issue. Yep. So then you would... Oh, and I also, um, I just took it off the value. When I split, I forgot to divide my health into two pools. So I'm going to do that now. So we'll just split down into... So then you just go off of that. All right. Then uh, your companion swarm takes one point. The uh, first one that you... Your first swarm takes two points, and then your second swarm takes eight points. So 13 and so good. All right, we then move on to Kaga. All right, the applause is overwhelming as Kaga <laughs> steps forward once more. Uh, the, <laughs> towards, is there only one skeleton left? Two. One is barely standing, the other one is about bloody. I'll continue my performance, I'll say... Uh, what do you call a man with a rubber toe? Roberto. <laughs> <laughs> What's the joke? <laughs> uh, everyone, so I can heal up to four people, so I choose the swarm and my three allies. Everyone gets 16 yeah. HP. Yep, swarm can't yeah. take, swarm can't heal, unfortunately. Yeah. And all the damage I'm taking is necrotic, I think. You can still re- recover those. It's a special ability that uh, forces you not to. So you can still recover necrotic damage. I am full. Okay. Alright, everyone gets 16 HP. I can't heal myself, which is unfortunate. Uh, and you are all invisible. Yeah. Oh, I like this invisibility. Yeah, especially since it's right before the enemy's initiative. So once again, all they can do is attack Taga. Yay. <laughs> I want to heal the Taga. Four, yes, four longsword attacks again. Uh, only one, no, two of those would hit. Uh, 20 and a 23. Uh, the other two would not. So you will take... Uh, that would be 21 points of slashing damage total. Alright. Thank you for those temporary hit points, Vargas. You're welcome. <laughs> and then we move on to Vargas. Alright, so we'll walk up to uh, less damage skeleton first. Yeah. And since I'm invisible... That is a 23 to hit. Yep. For 1d8 plus 2d6. 1, 1, 2. Oh, God. So that's uh, 7 bludgeoning and 3 radiant damage. And that was the more health or the less? The more health. Okay. Bob, did that by any chance put him under 25 hit points? Yes, it did. I need him to make a DC 15 wisdom save. Uh, that was a nine. He is destroyed. Oh, shit. Because of the mess of disruption. <laughs> okay. Uh, Tyrannia, unfortunately, half of your body is now gone. <laughs> They're just invisible spiders that rain down from where this, this skeleton once stood. And then turn to the uh, second skeleton and just tell him, Show's over, boys. <laughs> That's a 15 to hit. Exactly what you need. Wait, wait, I was just getting sounded. Come on. <laughs> For uh, 14 bludgeoning and 9 radiant damage to him. He falls into a collection of bones as well, and that was everybody. Crunch. Crunch, yes. <sighs> there are now a buttload of invisible spiders in this whole area just running around. Sorry, Tugga, but they forgot right. to pay their ticket prices. <laughs> well, I will revert back to standard form. No tickets. Since, since I've got these performances running for the next uh, seven rounds, can I just use the next seven rounds to heal everyone for the regular amount? 
Yep. Not I'm actually full, you, but thank you. You're all definitely full. Yeah, I never took any damage until I went into swarm shape, and so I'm totally fine. And my companion only took one damage, like, every single time, and only took one damage each. Nice. I think three the first time, and then it was one-one, so it's like... So, while I'm invisible, can I make a lap around the room? Because we only just got in the door. Yep, you make a lap all the way around the room. You see the two spiral staircases on each side, uh, and then the whole ring of braziers around there. Nothing else, really. Um, Would you have approached the symbol with the smoke in the middle of the room? Yeah. All right, um... The, I'm not smart. <laughs> yeah, the symbol in the um, it's just a uh, the maze that you guys would have traveled through. It's it's kind of that image is what it is, but uh, there isn't really anything else of note about it. So that at this point, there is the um, two big spiral staircases in the uh, middle of the room, or on right, uh, each side of the room. Can I just take a minute? Exactly one minute. To cast Aura Vitality and heal myself for uh, 20d6. Is it? Yep. Wait, do you want just the potion I'm holding? No, I'll do this. I'm down a lot of hit points. <laughs> I think I took nearly all of those attacks. I've got 46 out of 115. Oh god. I can burn some heals on you if you want. It's okay. Uh, this is just a third level spell. I've got three of them, and it's the Every turn for a minute, I can heal myself for 2d6, so that's 20d6 healing over a minute. That's awesome. 78 hit points back, if we do wait a minute, if you will allow me that. I would be more than happy. Okay. I think it'll, it'll be torture for Accelerate. <laughs> yeah, he's just like, going to do laps around the room. You want me to just stand here? Like, like what, what, what are we doing? <laughs> that's that's like, He's kind of alternating between, like, the Sonic with idle emotion, where he's just standing there holding his arms, tapping his foot. <laughs> and then he just, like, we'll do a lap, come back, stand there, tap his foot. <laughs> that's I still awesome. have calm during that. Well, what is your stealth like, Accelerate? Uh, actually very good. And how long are we invisible yep. for? Well, the uh, no yep. So as I say, while while uh, Targa is is uh, healing up with that one minute, if if Accelerate is still invisible, he could uh, he'd be he'd be out of invisibility now. Oh, okay. but I still have a plus ten to stealth. Okay, I'm not sneaking anywhere. <laughs> yeah, I'm not so sneaky either. So. Despite being a whole bunch of spiders, well, technically you're not right now. <sighs> no, I can grab Targa and we can make a run for it. AKA, I can stop it. Yeah, I'll tuck in and let you do that. Okay, you run up that one staircase, um, and then you get up to the second floor. You see that there is kind of a passage going through there. You would run then uh, across that room. You would see the uh, spiral staircase in the middle. You would see a door uh, standing kind of in that, that north room type whatever as you're running across, and then you see another spiral staircase going down. I'm assuming you take that down and uh, back into that central chamber. I'd probably check the door first on the north side of the room. All right, you grab the door. I head in. Okay, you grab the door and it is locked. Mm. I've got this. <laughs> All right. I, uh, I get out of my coconut shell and I use my performance art uh, tool mimicry. And I start pretending like I have thieves tools and it just somehow works. Like, I have these tools, and I try and pick the lock. <laughs> All right, go ahead and make me a sleight of hand check. Oh, wow. That's great. Nine. 
Nine. Uh, did you add your proficiency for the thieves' tools? Uh, no. Oh, uh, that would then be fourteen. Fourteen. Still not quite enough. As you are picking this lock, all of a sudden you hear something large kind of shift out of the ceiling. Uh, above you, this stone grating on stone. Give me a dexterity saving throw, uh, Taga and Excel. Twenty. Oh my god, thank god for advantage. Um, <laughs> thirteen. <laughs> Taga, you roll out of the way very easily, however, Excel... Actually, okay. before you tell me what, because I don't know the DC is, would a plus three make a difference? What did you roll? Uh, I had thirteen. A plus three would make a difference. Okay. I Either way, I'm burning two stamina points to add three to that roll. All right. You jump out of the way just as a very large chunk of stone falls out of the ceiling and crushes where you were standing. Guys down below, you hear a very loud thud come from above you. I'm just going to say, uh, uh, Rhino, it's a good thing you did that because Bob had just grabbed a handful of D6s. Yeah, it was 8D6 would have been the damage you would have taken. <laughs> so, just for any listeners, the way I was able to do that is I picked up the skill at level, I believe it's 15, that heightens, heightens senses. Uh, I can burn two stamina points to add plus three to any single attack roll or dex saving throw. So, I, I feel like that was worthwhile. And I rolled with advantage a one and a two. That is fantastic. As... Right after that happens, I'm assuming you guys heard the thud and then immediately start running up the staircase to see what happened, correct? Yeah, I would I would lumber up the staircase. Yeah, before yeah. they even had a chance, I'd grab Taga and go down. As you go to grab Taga, all of a sudden the door opens up and you see a half-elf in wizardy-type robes with a large armored figure and two shadows behind her appear in the doorway. She says, what are you doing here? You all need to leave immediately. Hey, what's up? I'll, 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 I'll say uh, I'm on my way. <laughs> you wouldn't quite be there yet. It would be immediately after the trap spring. If I hear that voice, I'm like, hold your horses. <laughs> All right, so she holds her imaginary horses. I'll get up the stairs, and uh, uh, so as because I get a, I have a feeling that if we're going to try to talk through this in any way, shape, or form, I should probably be here. And... Uh, I will explain who we are and where we come from and why we are in the, the this labyrinthine maze of nonsense and uh, explain what our goals are quite, quite uh, concisely and eloquently. Okay, as you're doing this, she keeps saying, no, you just need to leave. You, you don't understand. Go ahead and give me a perception check, everybody that's looking at her. Um, are we still under the effects when we first came in and suffered minuses to the wisdom-based skills? Did you guys take a short rest or anything? Probably not. Then you would still be under the effects, anybody that failed. Because it lasts for one hour. This was a disadvantage for me. Okay. I got a 17. Okay, anybody that rolled higher than a 14 perception check would notice that she uh, mouths the words, please help, in between her talking. But she very, very loudly says, You just need to leave. You are destined to lose to Sabalok's powers. He is infinite in power. You need to just get out of here. Flee while you can. All right, seeing her uh, mouthing, please help, I will uh, start a grumbling rumble in my, in my chest and uh, 
shouldn't have had the Taco Bell. <laughs> Taco Bell jokes never get old. And neither does and her food. You would, yeah, and you would notice that it would be just her. The armored fellow behind her and the two shadows um, are just looking very, very menacingly. And I will look at the the, the uh, armored foe, and I will start my uh, off rhythm war chant on him and make a swing with my uh, with with both binder at it. At just the armored guy behind her? Yep. Okay, you would have to move through her space to get to her. Because she is standing right in that doorway. I shove her and knock her prone. <laughs> okay. Uh, unexpected, I'm going to say she has disadvantage to resist it. Go ahead and do a strength check. Five. Yeah, she would be able to resist that. Uh, she rolled a 14 <laughs> plus whatever a conjurer has. It's a little coconut runs up. And as, as I'm like pushing her, my arm's like flailing, and then I just like lean on the wall next to her and say, uh, So you uh, come here often? Or? <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. We're not at initiative. Can I just feel like shake my head and follow Tago to try and do the same thing? <laughs> Yeah, I'll go ahead and let everybody get a surprise round thing in. So go ahead and uh, make your shout out. All of them try to. Uh, uh, I can. When I. Yeah, when I start a war chant, I can use my bonus action to make an attack. So I'll actually use my bonus action to shove. to attempt to shove her out of the way. Okay, first let's see what Excel got. Okay. Um, Alright, it's just a strength check, so no advantage or anything. But that's an unnatural 20. Oh no, that's 18. Okay, that is more than enough. You shove her to the ground, and then Argus I'll storm through and uh, have at the 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 mo larger armored dude. Okay, that is a sixteen to hit. All right, uh, I'm gonna me... guess since he's large and armored, that probably won't. No, there we go, monsters. No, it does not hit. Nope. All right, and uh, so I'm just gonna be standing there, you know. Just as that, as the, as as the, as a uh, Oathbinder just kind of clangs off his armor, <laughs> just this is gonna be a tough nut to crack. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead and uh, Tarania, you can do whatever you want to, and then we will roll initiative. All right, Bob, are we okay with having gone back and just made attacks against the guy that I would still have infestation available? Yeah. Okay figured as much, but I didn't want to just assume. Yep. Um, so there's the Blackguard and then the two other shadowy, shadowy figures, figures, right? Correct. I should have used Join or Die on him. Do I want to cast a spell before we get into this? I really should have used Join or Die on him because that's a DC 18 save. Mm-hmm. Just while you guys are figuring that out, I definitely like, can I, instead of like pushing her to the ground, be like kind of holding her off to the side? Uh, since you would have had to, since she's in the doorway, you would have had to have knocked her prone to get by her, I would say. So okay. she would have been shoved to the ground. Okay, I'm not going to just, like, shove her and just stand over her. I'll, like, catch her on the way down. Just oh. trying to be a hero type is not, hey, you, push. Yeah. You would have then been able to kind of lower her to the ground a little bit. You would have, like, pushed her, but then, you know, kind of, and like you said, over to the side instead of just knocking yeah. her to the ground. <laughs> Saved your life. You know that thing where you trip somebody and catch them? Yeah. Smooth. Yes, yeah, very smooth. Don't you hate it when innocent people get in the way of your XP? <laughs> <laughs> Alright, um, I'm gonna go ahead and, if we have a surprise round, I'm gonna go ahead and start with Moonbeam. Okay. And I'm going to cast it on one of the shadowy figures, the one on the right. So let's cast that at fifth level. 
Okay. Alright, so that'll just start, and then it happens at the start of their turns, or when they enter it. Alright, then everybody roll me initiative. Turn order will go. Excel, the Blackguard, Vargas, Terrania, the Demons, the Conjurer, we push down, and Taga. So, Excel, go ahead and start your turn. I'm just going to cast Blur on myself for my action. Okay. But that means any attack against me is at disadvantage unless they have uh, blind sights or can see through illusions, things like that. Which I don't know if a black guard can do or not. My bonus action can either make attack or run, and we're going to keep playing Excel the same way, so Excel's going to dash and disengage. Alright, yep, you're able to move 10, 15 feet out of the way back to the back wall there. Uh, would okay. you try to pull the conjurer with you and move at half speed, or would you just kind of, after you lowered her to the ground gently, having pushed her down, uh, then yeah. ran half back? speed is still 45 feet. We can do that. Okay, yep, you pull her back away from the fight. Okay. We then move on to the blackguard. He needs to make a wisdom save for off rhythm. Okay. 12. All right, he has disadvantage on attack rolls oh. until the end of its turn. 15. He has proficiency in that saving throw. He has disadvantage on it. It is a 18, okay. 18 save. So all he has right. disadvantage on all attack rolls until the start of his next turn, at which time he needs to remake that save. Okay. As an action, I need everybody within 30 feet, which would be basically everybody since this whole area is only 30 feet across. Um, I need everybody to make me a DC 13 wisdom save. If you fail, you are frightened. I still have disadvantage. I rolled a one, but luckily I'm immune to being frightened. Woohoo! What was the DC? Thirteen. I got an eighteen. Even with disadvantage. Right at. Okay. And Excel? With advantage, roll to the same, so twelve. Twelve. You are frightened of the blackguard, which means you cannot get closer to him, and attacks against him have disadvantage or you have disadvantage on attacks against him. Oh, wow, and since he positioned himself all the way in the back of the room? Yep, you cannot get any closer, oh, basically. Shit. All right, um, we then, uh, that was his action. Um, he would then step into, so he would move one square down to where Vargas is. Um, or no, because you attacked him, didn't you? You tried to smack him. Okay, yep. so he would just stay right where he is. Um, and as a bonus action, he is going to um, cast some sort of spell and his glaive is going to glow with some sort of dark energy. We then move on to you, Vargas. Um, so that that frightened effect, he makes a, he can make a save at the start of each of his turns to end that, right? Uh, he, let's see here. If a frightened target ends its turn more than 30 feet away from the black guard, the target can repeat the saving throw, so only if you're more than 30 feet away. I can do that. Well, how far away are you right now? If he went to the back end of the room, the furthest point he could get away uh, would have been only about 25 feet. You would actually have to go down the stairs in order to get more than 30. Right, so that, I won't be able to do that. I think we're just going to uh, proceed to use our uh, action to swing at him with a flame tongue longsword. That is a 18 to hit. 18 hits exactly. Whew. Meta knowledge. <laughs> and so that's gonna be. I, I want to do a sound effect. It'd be like, like gong. Meta knowledge. Exactly. Yeah. Meta. And that will deal. 
Meta, meta, Six meta. points of slashing and nine points of fire damage to him. Six and nine? Yep, and extra attack. Well, that is a 27 to hit. Yes. For six more points of slashing and nine more points of fire damage. Okay. And then as a bonus action, I think we will... I think we're just going to go ahead and use two weapon fighting and try to hit him with the, uh, with, with Oathbinder. That is a 22 to hit. Yes. And he's not undead, so it'll just be a straight, hey, max roll, uh, 14 points of bludgeoning damage. Not too shabby. All right, we then, um. I can use that thing to cast Speaking of Hope. Uh. Terrania, when you cast Moonbeam, what's the radius on that stuff? Um, it is a single beam of light shines in a five-foot radius. Five-foot. Okay, just wanted to double-check. Uh, all right, Terrania, it is your turn. Okay. And they haven't activated yet, have they? Not yet, no. They would be after this. Um, so that's my concentration spell, so I will leave it at that. All right. Quick and Swarm. I can Swarm Shape as a bonus action. So I will Quick and Swarm into Swarm Shape. Expending a minimum six level spell, so I will expend. I want to keep my seventh level spell for regenerating, so I'm going to expend my eighth level spell. Because the only spell I have prepared at eighth level is sunburst, and that would be really bad for all of us. <laughs> this whole room would become fire. Uh, so I will use my eighth level spell to do that. So my swarm, I will transform into swarm with 22 plus proficiency, so 27 plus. 5 per spell, 40. So I will have 67 hit points myself. Uh, my swarm will then eject. So that's a bonus action. Uh, we'll have my swarm will jump out after the black art. Okay. And again, because I use the spell of 6 or higher, I am a huge level, I'm a huge size swarm, which means that I can, instead of being one big blob, I can be in a line. A continuous line up to 50 feet long that is 5 foot wide and 5 feet high. So I will just kind of zigzag through the room so that I can consistently touch everyone in the room. Yep, you can get uh, both demons and a blob. Bob, yes. add 15 points of damage to that. Okay. Well, because, uh, sorry, uh, powerful voice. While using my war chant, I can add my charisma modifier to damage rolls of my weapon attacks. Nice. So since all three of those would hit, I would have added 15 points of damage to each of those. Okay, awesome. Okay, so I'm, like I said, now I'm huge. Can I borrow that D8 again? So I will start off by making an attack. I will move into position to have the line covering everyone. So to attack all three of those targets, I will expand a second level spell slot to make additional attacks against those two targets. Yep. So against the Black Guard, and it is my proficiency plus... Listen, sir... Holy crap, Michael, what did I just do? Hey, Bob, how much punishment can a blackguard take? A lot. We're about um, to find out. All right, so that is a crit. 43 piercing damage. And I didn't care about this against the undead, the skeletons, but at uh, 10th level, my attacks become poisonous. Does he have uh, is he immune to poison or resistant to poison at all? Nothing like that. All right, I will read from page one. On a successful hit, the target of your attack must succeed a constitution saving throw against my spell DC, 17. That's fail. Okay, on a failed save, the target takes additional poison damage equal to your wisdom modifier, so 5. 
and is subjected to the poison condition until the end of their next turn. Damn. At the end of their subsequent turns, they must repeat the saving throw. If they fail three saving throws in a row, they become poisoned for the next 24 hours. On a successful save, uh, the target is immune to poisonous effects from all attacks of my swarm or colony swarm for the next 24 hours. Also, Bob, I'm going to use my reaction to uh, uh, impart my savage ferocity. Lay the beat down. 19 to hit. 19 hits. And so we will throw out 17 points of bludgeoning damage to him. All right. Wow. Yeah, he, he's barely standing at this point from where he started. He is down to a fifth of his starting health points. Okay. So that was uh, the, the, the first attack against the, uh, the Black Guard. Yep. So we'll go against the first of the uh, shadowy demony creatures. Yep. Uh, 16 plus 9. Uh, 25. Yep. And, and are your attacks magical? I'm assuming they are considered to be at 6th yep. level. Uh, my attacks become magical for the purposes of overcoming the Okay. <clears throat> so, 48 plus 2, 3, 7, 9, only 14. I rolled really low on that one. Okay. Uh, but now, uh, these are demons, you said? Yep, but they're uh, immune to poison. They're immune to poison. I yep. figured as much. All right, the third attack. Um, 12 plus 9, 21. Yep. Ooh! 8, 16, 23, 25 plus 5 for 30. Oh. Almost enough to bring him down to bloody. Okay. And then I, my companion swarm will move um, because it would be very meta to just say, oh, let's go to him. So we'll do uh, one for the black guard, one, two for the black guard, uh, two, three, four for the other one, and then five, six for the one that's damaged. Okay. Uh, that's a four. So the second of the demon creatures, okay. it will move in, and it is eight plus five, 13. Uh, 13 hits exactly. Awesome. And it, it's... 4, 8, uh, 13, 15, plus 5. 20. And no poison. Barely standing. However, you moonbeamed one of those. I did. So you take damage from your moonbeam. All creatures. Oh, you know, I didn't think about that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, I do. I do. It's yes, because I'm my zigzag is there. Yep, you're okay. Yep. I'm I'm okay with that because it's me. <laughs> uh, All right, then roll your beam. Go get him. Yep. So I move into it and I take five d10 damage. And can you maintain concentration while you're in swarm? Well, as far we did the last time. Okay. As far as I'm sure, I mean, you're still subject to making concentration checks. Mm-hmm. Um, the benefit is that <laughs> I'm gonna fucking use this. This was a terrible plan. <laughs> this was horrible. Why did I Because you're a shapeshifter. Oh, oh, wow. All right, kids, make sure to read up and understand how your spells work. For whatever thing, when we say five foot radius, oh, that means it's ten foot wide. Math is bad for me. Yep, so you would technically and, take two uh, instances. Were you in swarm shape or no? Yep. Yeah. Because that would take you out of swarm shape. Yeah. So I guess it would just... <laughs> Dear Lord, I'm stupid. <laughs> so you could have dropped it if you wanted to. I would let you meta that enough to drop the moonbeam if you wanted to. Would you assume the swarm? Yeah, I having that. I, I don't even know why I wasn't even thinking about that. Yeah. So we'll um, just say for, you drop for the whatever moonbeam. reason. I'm thinking it's a when I read, read five foot. I was just thinking it's just that yep. creature, but it's a five foot radius, meaning that yeah. it would have hit everybody. I was thinking diameter, not radius. Yeah. No, you're so, good. Yeah. So, um, 
I mean, I still lose the spell slot, but yeah, that's... Well, I guess, yeah, because concentration, I can ignore it, right? Yeah. Realizing that I'm going to move into it, I can just yeah, say... just dropped it. Right. also moved it back five feet. He still would have... Yeah, you would have... Well, oh, no, 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 there you go. I mean, that's, like, if we're looking at that, it's at the start of each... Uh, on each of your turns after you cast spell, you can use an action to move it, so I would have had to have used an action. Yeah. I would so. rather just say, just drop it. I yep, mean, so you drop it. It's a waste of a fifth-level spell slot, but I would rather not blow myself up. Yep. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> okay, uh, we then move on to the... I am not looking good to listeners right now. They're like, <laughs> oh, this guy calls himself a gamer, but he doesn't even listen to himself. No, you're fine. And I didn't even think about it until I'm like, oh, crap, it's... Their turn next, they need to make the moonbeam save. Yeah. Alright. We then move on to the demons. The two demons then are going to each uh, attack their respective swarms that are attacking them. Swarms! Oh, did Mike? Yeah. Uh, so they are going to go ahead and uh, each attack. So swarm number one, let's see, it makes one attack. Uh, so then that would be a 13 to hit. Would that be against my, me swarm yes, or the companion swarm? Uh, what is my AC and swarm for? Probably more than 13. Yeah. No, it's armor class plus proficiency, so 15. Okay, and then second one, uh, that was 15 plus 5, so that would get. Yep. So then you are going to take uh, 7 plus 3, so 10 points of psychic damage. And then it is going to go ahead and with its incorporeal movement, it can move through other creatures and objects as if they were difficult terrain. So it is just going to go ahead and drop you and go through the wall and surround, uh, probably get behind Vargas. So one on Vargas and one on Tata. All right, we then move on to the Conjurer. So she stands up, seeing you guys are helping her. She is going to go ahead and uh, join in the fray. So she is going to go ahead and mage armor herself up as her action. And then move up to where the combat is behind one of those shadow demons, and that will be it for her turn. Uh, Taga, it is your turn. Alright, as my bonus action, you watch me suddenly don a strange outfit as I pull a black beret and black turtleneck no. up me, and I begin my performance of Inspiring <laughs> Artist. <laughs> I, like, put my hand in my face and, uh, touch my chin scruff that is in existence, uh, looking towards the black guard. Uh, in order to upkeep this performance, I must... Oh, no. Actually, before I do that, I will... Oh, damn. I will just instead actually use the Steal the Show one once more and... Uh, begin my comedy performance, everyone else goes invisible. I will uh, cast a spell for the upkeep. I'm going to look at the black guard and cast command on it. I will actually cast command at... How many... Are there any of its allies within 15 feet of it? Uh, yeah. Uh, all, both the other ones would be within 15. Okay, I will cast at a third level spell slot to target three of the, all three of them, and okay. I can speak one command word to a creature. I must succeed on a wisdom save. It has a bunch of typical commands, and it says, uh, you might also issue a command other than the ones described here. If you do so, the DM determines how the target behaves. So I'm, I am scratching my chin scruff. I just look at the three of them and say, uh, poo. 
Oh god. That is that is the command. Why? <laughs> Wisdom's life throw. Alright, uh Oh thank god. Okay, the black guard being the only one that I think is physically capable of pooing, um, saved. Um, the they say seventeen. Yep, uh, he rolled an 18 plus 5. He maintained his gold star. Yes, <laughs> maintained his gold star. Oh, the shadow you. demon, the first one got a 14, the second one got a 2. Um, since they are incorporeal, they, they poo smoke. Um, so they, they are currently smoking out their butts. So, yeah, they must use their next turn to attempt to complete the command. <laughs> okay. You, you see their demon faces scrunch up in concentration. <laughs> you see them all like putting their hands up like, what are they expecting? <laughs> and everyone else goes invisible. Okay. That is fantastic. Alright, we then move on to Excel. Alright, well since I am frightened, I am just going to go down the stairs. Yep, you go all the way down the stairs, repeat your saving throw. <sighs> DC 13. Not 20. Alright, you are no longer frightened. And you only would have had to use like 10 foot of movement to do that. So I just come right back up. Okay. Because <laughs> that, yeah, I have not hasted, so I have a total of 90. So I've used, seven, I've used 20. Yep, you could then get right behind one of the shadow demons pretty easily. Or wherever you wanted to go. Um, let's see. I wouldn't get behind the shadow demons. I wouldn't either. <laughs> <laughs> I'll try and attack the black guard. Uh, he would be completely blocked off. He would be in that doorway with Vargas in the middle. There would be a shadow demon. Let me mark it on the map. Uh, black okay. guard would be in the doorway here, and then there would be a shadow demon here, and a shadow demon here. That being said, Bob, also, is is it an action to save against the frightened? It doesn't say. Okay. It says uh, just that if he moves 30 feet away, he can repeat the saving throw into okay. the effect. Awesome. Sweet. Um, then, yeah, I guess I'll go for the, the Shadow Guard um, where your cursor is right now. Okay. Because Vargas is on the other side of that, yes? Yeah, Vargas would be right here um, Perfect. in front of the door. So it doesn't matter which one I attack, because he can possibly use his... Yep, he is... could attack either one of those. Yeah, I'll take the one. Invisible. Yeah, this is just it. And so yeah, I'll do the one northern... Or... Let's do southmost. Yep. Where your mouse is. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't even know. My dice are weird today. Uh, oh, thank goodness for advantage. Um, 23 to hit? Yes. Okay. Oh, and I guess it is... I'm not rolling with... Oh, I am rolling with advantage, so... Okay. Does advantage count to both attacks? Uh, no. It would just be the very first one. <clears throat> oh, a 14 hit? Yes. It rolled. It was on a 20 and it kept rolling. Um, so, okay. That is two attacks then. For... 10 damage on the first one, and 9 damage on the second. Alright. Right. Use my reaction then? And actually, he died. Okay. Yep. <clears throat> then I won't use my reaction. <laughs> one of the shadow demons dissipates into smoke. Then while I'm there, I'm going to use my do my next attack. Okay. I think that's the way we all want to go. Trying to push out a shadow poop. <laughs> <laughs> um, that one... Oh, it's with advantage as well. 
Or no, it's not, because I'm not invisible. Correct. Right. So then it's just, it's still 23 to hit. Yep, that hits. Okay, and this one does not get modifiers. So it is just one. Alright. But Argus can attack from that one. I can, I will use can. my reaction. That is a 17 to hit. Yes, that hits. Bob is just a fiend. Good for you. Undead by any chance. It is a demon fiend. Correct. Splendid. That is, um, 12, 17 points of bludgeoning damage to it. Okay. And 12 points of radiant damage. It expires as well in a blast of light. Yay! As he does that, I just go, that's a shitty way to go. <laughs> <laughs> Leave the comedy up to the clown. <laughs> I'll just tell him, Excel, that joke was crap. Oh, God. All right, no more poo jokes. We then move on to I'm the black... it on. <laughs> we then move on to the blackguard. The blackguard then swings at Vargas. Ex- oh, Bob, he needs to remake his wisdom oh, save. Yeah. 13 plus 5 for 18. Okay, but he still also has disadvantage from Mike. Is that right? Disadvantage. You, because uh, you poisoned him, so he has disadvantage. He'll still have disadvantage on the attack I, coming in at me. Did he save from poison? No. Oh, that's uh, right. Not he, the first time around. Yep, that's oh, right. That's right. He, the shadow he needs to continue making saves at the beginning of each of his turns. Beginning. Okay. I'm sorry. I, well, I was no, reading something. and uh, 16 plus... Four. So yeah, you're, you're good. So he saves from it this time. Okay. Right. So, so no. then he swings his glaive down at you, Vargas. Um, for the first one that's got the smite on it, uh, that probably, well, if it doesn't hit the smite, it doesn't expend. Uh, that's only a uh, 17. Will not hit. Okay. Uh, second attack. You can make three of them. That won't hit either with a um, 17 again. That one will 18 plus 8. So that hits. So it does. Um, 3d8 plus 1d10, and then I need a constitution saving throw from you, Vargas, of 13. Um, does this effect have a... It's it's, blinded. It's blinded blinded smite. Okay. Then I don't have advantage on it. That's still a, um... 27 to save? Yep, you save, um, but you do take 27 points of, uh, or excuse me, no, you would take um, 11 points of slashing damage plus uh, 16 points of radiant damage. And then that is everything that he can do. Uh, We then would move on, oh, as a bonus action, he would once again enchant his weapon with another spell. And then we move on to Vargas. Alright. And it's just him left, and he ain't standing my much. I think... You know what sounds fun? Since I can do this kind of stuff, um, I'm going to uh, take a deep breath and just get a probably louder than I should have said, that didn't hurt nearly as much as you hoped it would. <laughs> and uh, well, I need him to make another wisdom save. Uh, that was only a four plus five. All right, so he will take seven points of uh, psychic damage and his disadvantage on his next attack roll or ability check. And as a bonus action, because I used a battle cry, I get to make a weapon attack against it. Yeah. That is a 26 to hit. Yes, hits. For 
Well, 17 points of bludgeoning damage. Alright, he is down to almost dead. And I think that is action, bonus action. Can I use my Savage Ferocity reaction for myself? I don't think so, then. It says, when a creature within 5 feet of me takes advantage, I can attack it as a reaction. I would say probably not. Okay, I was just curious. Well, you've used your reaction this turn already. I used my reaction on a previous turn. Yeah, at the start of your turn, you would get it back. So I would oh, say probably okay. not, because otherwise that would be redundant. Just, just trying to figure out if there's anything else I can do, but I think... That is it. Yep. Okay, Terranian, it's your turn. He's down to nearly single digits. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah. All right, well... I guess we're just going to go ahead and <clears throat> we'll go Companion Swarm first. We'll see if Buddy Swarm can do it. So, attack is... Oh! I've been rolling low on that. It's proficiency plus dex for their attack. <laughs> okay, it's, it's only an eight. Um, <laughs> any reason that I would have advantage on that? Maybe? Uh, unfortunately, no. <laughs> Alright. Uh, so, Wait. she's... She would have... Yeah. Oh, yeah. You you would have advantage. You would be invisible first. That's right. Because Tonga did that same performance. Uh, So nine plus uh, six or fifteen? Not quite enough. No. Uh, All right. Plate mail is hard to get through with spider bites. Me? (laughs) Good God! What is with the twos? Um, All right. There you go. Fifteen plus nine point four. Yep. That hits. Forty-eight. He's immune to my poison for the duration, so... Um, hold, uh, 8, 15, 21, 23, plus 5, 28. You swarm underneath his armor and bite him to the point where he collapses to the ground dead. I didn't even think to use him to actually do the infestation this time around on him. I was focusing on the other guys while you, like, paired up yeah, against him. That was still more than enough. He had 12 hit points So we chewed left. him up, huh? You ate him up completely. He is dead. Uh, so the entire room goes silent. Uh, that gal, um, what's her name? Uh, Visconda uh, tells you that she infiltrated the forces here in order to search for her father, uh, who was being manipulated by this evil spirit. Uh, but she found that he, she was too late, him having already been killed. Uh, so she does offer to help you at this point and tells you that there are three uh, elemental spirits that are chained to each one of these areas that helps power this spirit. And by taking out, or by freeing these spirits, you are able to weaken Shibalik hold on uh, this whole area. So I'm assuming you take her advice and free those spirits, because we're starting to run low on time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. All right, you guys do that, and with her aid, because normally she would join you as an ally, so we're going to go ahead and say you sent her on this mission to go do that. You are able to weaken him further. You then enter into Shibalik's lair. I'm assuming at this point you would call down to um, Arctus and have him, or Arctus, and have him begin to channel his wintry energy to put out the flames of this creature as well, correct? Absolutely. Is there, is there any chance we could have taken a long rest before we're uh, <laughs> coming into this rest. <laughs> Unfortunately, a short rest is probably all that you would be able to manage here. Okay, I can do that. All Me right. too, because that's full stamina points back. Okay, you guys are able to take that short rest. I am going to expend three hit die. Okay. We then go ahead, whenever you guys are ready, and roll for initiative. 
What are we fighting? <laughs> the big demon. You would have then injured his lair after that short rest. Called down to Arctus had him channel his wintry energy on that conduit, which then puts out many of the flames that Shivalik was calling on. Well, uh, weakening him. Unfortunately, my uh, uh, role for uh, initiative was bunk. But hey, everybody, get your hit, temporary hit points or move your full movement speed. Not twenty. Woo! Uh, four. No, sixteen. Eight. All right. Uh, who had the higher eight, Vargas or Taga? Taga. I have Definitely. a minus one to Dex. Okay. Oh wow. Okay. So it would go Excel, Shivalik, Terrania, Taga, and Vargas. So we start off with Excel. Shavalik, this very large, dark demon creature, is in the middle of the room. Go ahead, and uh, what would you like to do? Uh, dark vision doesn't see anything, correct? Other than Shavalik? Correct. I have two. I have two weapons that are providing a fair amount of light as well. Yep. So. Taga, going in here, would we have agreed if you're going to uh, assist me in being the melee weapon of for days? No, I am a creature of my own will, and I can choose to do whatever it is I want. (laughs) (laughs) Going into this fight, did we have a discussion on? (laughs) I would tell you, I'm I'm not ready for that level of commitment. You don't want to be used five times in one turn in six seconds? Alright. Alright, use me, go ahead. Okay. We're going to make do this, and we're going to hit him as many times as possible. So, I am going to cast haste on myself first. Okay. So that brings me down three stamina points. Um... And then we're going to <laughs> run up to Shavalok with Taga in hand and make as many attacks as I can. Okay. So first is the two weapon fighting. So I get one attack with Taga and one with my Silvered Scimitar. Okay. Um, so Taga was a 20 unnatural to hit. Yep. And the Scimitar was a 21 to hit. Okay, yep. Alright, first we'll do the Scimitar because it's only 1d6 and much easier. That is 10 damage. Alright. Taga, it's 5 and 6 now, so... 6 plus... 6 plus 4, so that's 16. 15 points oh. of damage? Nope, uh... 19 plus my Strength modifier, I believe. Yep. So 21 points of bludgeoning damage. Taga, are you a magical weapon? Uh, no, probably not. Okay. Okay. We forgot to enchant our coconut. <laughs> That's silvering, you know. Take these I, I brought him to the, the guy who does the silvering, but he just walked away. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so that's those. Um, and then I'm also going to do my rap- rapid strike, which allows me to use up one to three stamina points to do one to three bonus attacks with no modifiers. Okay. So I'm going to burn all three for this turn. And I'm going to hit with Taga three more times. <laughs> Unlikely I hit on any of those because I don't... Or it includes my modifier to hit, yes? Correct. Okay, well, still unlikely. Uh, 14 to hit. No, not quite enough. 
9 would not hit either then, so how about 19? 19 would hit, yes. Okay, so just one of those hits. 22. And... And that was with Taga again? Yes. Okay. All, all of those with Taga. Okay. So yeah, that's bludgeoning damage, non-magical. Um, so that was my action, my hasted action, and all of those are just part of that. And my bonus action was the... Two of extra attacks. So that's, yeah, that's all of those. Alright, we then move on to Shabalik. Shabalik then, um, did you dash and disengage? Uh, no, because I used my bonus action to do... what I thought. An, an extra attack, yeah. Yep, just double checking. He then swings down Blight Reaver, his morning star, at you twice. Hold the phone, Bob. Holding the phone, Bob. As I see him, he gotta reach for his sword, I'll just yell out, Excel, watch your back! Which will let Excel take the dodge action. And I realized, Bob, I had completely missed this. Once I hit six level, he doesn't have to use his reaction to do it. It just happens. Oh, cool. So he he, 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 he can immediately take the dodge action for free. Okay. So then, uh, a disadvantage on the attack rolls. Luckily, he has a plus 15 to hit. So that is a 21 on the first attack. And a 25 on the second attack. I tried! My AC is 20. We were so close. <laughs> Let me get my D10s. So you will take uh, 21 points of necrotic damage plus 13 points of cold damage. Alright, let me just <laughs> grab a calculator here. Um, that's 21 points first attack. Uh, 21 points of necrotic damage plus uh, the 13 points of cold damage on the first attack. Okay. And then second attack. Oh wait, no, it would have been piercing damage. Uh, on the, let me double check. I got two different things here. Um, yeah, on the one in the packet, it says um, necrotic damage. On the stat block in the back, it says piercing. I'm gonna go with necrotic simply because it is a, a magical weapon. Um, okay. Yeah, so we're gonna go with the cold damage matches up on both of them though. So that is one spelling error uh, at some point. So, uh, necrotic damage and cold damage for the first one. And then okay. second attack, uh, same difference. Uh, you have uh, 22 points of necrotic damage plus... So then that is an additional 8 points of cold damage. Ow. <laughs> we then, All right. All right, and that was his action. So we then move on to Tyrannia. So, as per usual... Um, <laughs> I'm going to Swarm Shape as a bonus action. Um, I will expend... I, I really wanted to keep Regenerate open, but I feel like having more targets for him to hit is better than some healing. Some healing. Um, so I will use the 7th level spell slot to do that. So my HP will be 22 plus 5 for my proficiency. Plus 35, so 40, 62 health for, for my swarm. And then I will, as I do that, my uh, my companion swarm will eject from me. And now we're going to try to use infestation. Okay. So we'll move. Uh, so I pop into my swarm. And then as that happens, they eject forward. And I will use my action. So bonus action to swarm shape, action to 
have them spend their reaction to try to enter the demon. Is he a demon? Uh, he, he seems like a demon. Is considered. I guess you don't have to tell a us. A fiend. Okay, so because um, it will not work on on undead constructs or oozes. That's where I missed out last time. Yep. So I need him to make a Constitution save versus seventeen. Yep. Oh, that was a natural one, but he's going to burn a legendary resistance. Oh, so sad. All right, so in the event that that doesn't say on a failed save, so the colony simply does not enter their body. So that was their. I, I spent my action to use their reaction, okay. so they still have an action available to make an attack. Yep. Okay. So they will attack plus six. Thirteen. Probably not going to hit. Nope. Not at all. All right. Um, I go ahead and have the swarm. Uh, oh, that's right. I need to choose my my size. At this point, we'll go into a line. And I will just like fifty foot line around him. I will surround him with a swarm. Okay. And that's pretty much it. Because I use my action to grant them the infestation. Yep, we're done. Alright. He is gonna go ahead as a legendary action then and try and smash the spiders. No! Which spiders? Me spiders or uh, more and, uh, companion even, spiders? Yep, uh, odds companion, evens uh, main. That's odd, so um, companion. Little friends. Plus 13, so it'll definitely hit with a 29. Yeah. 20 points of necrotic damage and 19 points of cold damage. All right, we then move on to Taga. All right. Uh, you hear the shaking of maracas. I will say that I have uh, changed my face paint over to the... Uh, the rodeo clown, and I am currently wearing my green nose. <laughs> so I shake my maracas as I transform into the matador once more, and I stand next to uh, Excel. You're still here with me next to Steamer, aren't you? Yes, I am. All right, and then I am going to, as my action, I need to uphold the. Performance with a spell casting, so I will cast Conjure Animals, and I am going to conjure only one creature, Bob, so you don't have to worry about there being a whole bunch of little things everywhere. <laughs> uh, if I can find it. Here we go. I will summon a giant vampire bat next to me from the Creature Codex. Okay. And it will act on my turn, I believe. Alright, uh, it, it rolls its own initiative, so I'll roll for that right now. Uh, it rolled pretty well, 17. Alright, it'll go between uh, Shibalik and Terrania. Go. And then I will just stand next to Excel, and if I'm within uh, 5 feet of him and Shibalik, uh Excel has a plus. Oh, he gets 3 quarters cover. Okay. Yeah, I, I think kind of in this convoluted thing that could work. Go. All right. Uh, Vargas, before you can go, he commands you to drop your weapon. I need a DC 19 wisdom save. Which weapon? He just says uh, whatever it is holding, so anything that you are holding. Ooh. That's okay. It's, it's, not, it's not a big deal for me to pick it back up yep. after I drop them. Okay, you drop them and it is in your turn. I'll pick my weapons back up. Okay. Nice try, buddy. 
and I'll start stomping towards him, and as I do, I will bellow this just savage roar, and uh, Bob, I need him to make a constitution save. Uh, 7 plus 5 for 13, but he's going to burn a legendary resistance. Good. <laughs> and as I get closer... I... Oh, wait, wait, wait. He has advantage. That, even worse. Okay, so he's still Alright, and then as I get even... As my steps carry me even closer, just another follow-up scream as he needs to make a wisdom save. Uh, that one... 18? 18 is just enough. Okay. All right. And I'll just stand right in front of him next to uh, next to Excel, and just uh, so what's it gonna be? <laughs> All right, Excel, it is your turn. All right, so I've never actually had to use concentration before, and I've not actually been hit while using concentration in this entire campaign. Do you happen to still have those written down somewhere, Bob? I do not, but they were both more than twenty, so because we totally forgot about it, just do two t uh, two of them at ten. I can do that. <laughs> um, shoot. Ah, uh, main's haste is dropped. I got an eight. Okay. Yep, so then haste has dropped. I just realized I have two spells that require concentration. Yep, we'll remember it from now on. I've never been hit before with them, so it didn't matter. Yeah, and I, I forgot about it because I uh, figured it was just your effect or whatever. It wasn't actually haste, but yeah, no, it makes sense that yeah. it's actually haste. All right, uh, then what would you like to do, Excel? Um, since Taga is being his own coconut, I'm going to still use my two weapon fighting and see if I can hit him with both of my silvered scimitars. Uh, 28 to hit and 23 to hit. Both hit. That's oh max damage. So twelve plus ten, twenty-two damage. Okay. Um, and because I don't trust me, like I have some HP to lose, but I'd rather not. I'm going to move pretty much back to the doorway. I think. Okay. Yep. You're able to disengage and get back there. Dash and disengage with my speed over strike. Cool. And that's my turn. Alright, we then move on to Shivalik. Shivalik is going to go ahead and look at Vargas. I need a DC 19 wisdom save against Charm Effect. Sorry, guys. You are now controlled by him, Crown of Madness. Oh, no. So, uh, on your turn, you have to make a melee attack against a creature other than yourself, as long as they're within five feet of you. Otherwise, you attack normally. Alright. Um, then we move on to your bat, Taga. Yay! The giant vampire bat will fly towards Shivalik and attempt to bite him. Okay. Oh, ho! 23 hit. Yes, that'll hit. Okay, so Shivalik takes 9 points of piercing damage. And, and is it magical? Uh, no. Okay and an additional nine points of necrotic damage, and he is grappled. Until the grapple ends, the target is restrained. Bob? Okay. I'm going to use my reaction yep. to uh, take a swing at him. Oh, okay. That is a 28 to hit. Uh, yes, that does it. <laughs> and uh, you said he was a fiend? Uh, yes, he is. 
So he will take 6, 12, 17 points of uh, bludgeoning damage from Oathbinder. Okay. As well as an additional 7 points of radiant damage. Okay. Alright, and... Hopefully he dropped concentration on crowd. Yep, he dropped concentration on crowd and madness on that uh, reaction attack. Awesome! Wow, that worked out well. Yes. And, and honestly, either way, if the bat had been on the other side of him, he would have been the only thing I could attack anyway. Yep. So I could have acted normally. As a legendary action, after that bat attacked, it is going to go ahead and uh, attack Vargas with its. He is restrained. Oh, he is restrained. He's restrained oh, by the yeah. by the bat. Oh, okay. I thought it was yeah. just grapple. Okay, crazy. Alright. He might he can still attack coming, doesn't he? Oh yeah, he just can't move. That is correct. Uh that'll hit you, Vargas, I think. Attacks have disadvantage. Oh, okay. That'll still hit. Uh that is a twenty-three. Just barely. Okay. Uh so then my forty ten. You take Vargas, uh sixteen points of necrotic and fourteen points of cold. 16 and 14? Yep. And then we move on to Terrania. Alright. As a bonus action, according to the voice of many, I will bonus action to split into from huge into two large and then two large into four mediums. Oh my god. Okay. So my damage goes down based on the size of the swarm, but I get four attacks around. So I feel like I'd rather... I'd rather get four attacks at 44 than one attack and miss at 48. Gotcha. So I feel like it's going to average out, um, plus my swarm. So I will do that and break down. So I have that line kind of circling around him. So now this will all be like at the four corners, basically, with the swarm like literally in his swarm. Yep. And since he's a huge creature, you can be like... Oh, yeah, we're all over the... Yeah. Oh, huge is 15 by 15, isn't it? Yep. All right, so, yeah, like we can occupy all, all that area. Yep. I dare him to move and take five opportunity attacks from me. I dare you to move. Oh my god. <laughs> wow, I love that band. What was it? Who was that? Because uh, I won't be able to concentrate. Oh my god. Uh, well, you better hurry, Mike, because I need to leave. I know. Alright, so. Um, I'll look it up while you're doing that. Can I borrow two dice from you? Okay, so my four attacks at plus nine. Swift foot. Swift foot. Switch, right. switch, switch foot. foot. Switch foot. All right, so that's not going to hit um, uh, 14. Uh, yep. Uh, no, 14 does not okay. quite hit. Uh, 16. 16 does not either. Uh, 19? Yes, 19 will hit. Okay, see what I'm saying? Four <laughs> attacks, that's why. So. Well, that's an advantage. Oh, do we have advantage? Yeah, because he's restrained. Yep. Okay, so we'll, we'll keep the one. Well, I, so I've got, I've got one hit. Yep, one hit. And the red is the one that hit before. Okay, so uh, that'll be a 19? Yep. And then uh, 16? Yep. Yes? Oh, no, 16 will not. Okay, then everything else, no. So I did get two hits out of it then, if that's the case. So 44, can I borrow you, Blue? You're so needy, Mike. I am, I'm very needy. (laughs) Mike's playing a spellcaster with only one set of dice. So I have this special set of dice. I'm just anal. I like to use the same (laughs) color dice for everything. I've actually put in an order for more of these, but they're always out of stock. Alright, so 4, 6, 9, 10, 15 off of the one attack. Piercing damage. Does count as magical. Okay. 2, 6, 7, 8, 13. Okay. The next one. And then my companion swarm. We'll use Micah's die. Um, That's 12. 
so that'll be it. Okay. Well, you did drop him below bloodied. Oh. We didn't move on to Tagus. Oh. Yep. Tagus turn. Thank you. All right. I will uh, begin my other performance, the best medicine, which will assist in maintaining my uh, full fighter performance. So I will look around and see Vargas is fairly damaged or has received a little bit of damage anyway. And I will say, two fish were in a tank. One turns to the other and says, how do we drive this thing? (laughs) (laughs) And you heal 16 HP. That's all. I will then move next to you Put my little red veil in front of you and try to defend you against Shavadik. Tiny little coconut caves. Alright, as a legendary action, uh, it is going to go ahead, Vargas, once again, it is going to command you to halt, meaning you cannot move and take no actions. I need a uh, 19 wisdom save. You're just delaying the inevitable. Yeah. Okay, so then Vargas can take no actions. We move on to Excel. All right. Was that until the start Vargas of my next turn? Yeah, it's your turn. That is what you do. Okay. What, real quick, um, Bob. Also, I have to divide my hit points amongst my swarm. Yeah. So I have four swarms, two of them at 16, two of them at 15. So when we attack, if you just tell me which one's which and I'll keep track. No problem. All right, Excel. I'm just going to go in for as many attacks as possible. Okay. So I'm going to go stand, I guess, between the Swarm and Taga, or the Swarm and Varga? Vargas. I don't know. Wherever. The Swarm is on all four corners, so... <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm going to make two attacks first. Okay. Uh, 19 to hit and 26 to hit. Yep. Okay. Uh, that's 11 damage and 7 damage. Okay. I'm going to use burn three stamina points again. Okay. And try make three more attacks. That's 27, 14, and an at 20. Okay, uh, 14 will not. Okay. So we'll do the nat 20 is four damage. Sad, but and another four for the other one, so that's eight damage more from those. And then I'm going to foolishly, instead of dash and disengage, or it, I'm assuming it's like almost last turn. I'm going to sit there and I'm going to attack again with my bonus action. Okay. That is a nat twenty. Damn. <laughs> sure, all these nat twenties you're getting clear up there in Canada without us able to check. I could have a camera. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> and I don't believe I get modifiers on the bonus attack one. Nope. So then that's just five damage. Okay. We then move on to Shibolic. Since you decided to conveniently stay there, and Vargas is currently out of the picture, he is going to attack at you. Uh, restrained has disadvantage. I am going to uh, utilize... I'm going to uh, give him another watch your back. Okay, then that first one will miss. Um, that would well, maybe not. Uh, that was a twenty-two. 
You have three quarters cover from me as well. So then plus five to your AC. And don't forget the plus one we got from the Blessing of Protection. Yep. I forgot about that too. At eighth level. So then would that hit? Uh, 22 to hit with a plus basically six to your AC. It's so easy when I'm not muted. Uh, 23, no. Okay. Uh, second attack. That is a 23, so that'll hit. All right. Uh, so you will take then. Uh, uh, where are my numbers here? Uh, 20 points of necrotic damage and 11 points of cold damage. All right. And then we move on to the bat. All right, the bat will it make a bite against it because it is grappling it. It has advantage, but it has advantage anyway. Yep. Uh, both miss. Okay. Oh, well, hey, sorry, the one attack misses. All right, uh, then second attack for it or just the one? I uh, rolled with advantage and uh, I misspoke. Uh, yeah, take this for yardage. Alright, it is going to go ahead then and swing once again using a legendary action at Excel. That won't hit, I rolled two threes on that one, so that would only be a 16. Terrania, it's your turn. You have to actually leave uh, their, their attack range to provoke an attack, right? Correct. So if instead of just being in his space, if I were to move out into a space that was occupied by an ally, that would still be okay. I wouldn't be. As long leaving. as you don't leave five foot, as long as you don't leave that five foot attack range, you're fine. Okay. Um, so I totally spaced this. It was them mentioning concealment. I will send um, one swarm into the square of each of my allies. Okay. Um, because see here, regardless of the type of insects, blah blah blah. Allies within your swarm gain three quarter concealment. Okay. Yeah. Then uh, that would be everybody then. Yeah. So. I will put, we'll just say swarms, uh, swarm well, everybody ever. but the bat, because the bat is flying, but close enough. Had I been thinking, I could have made them flying, because I could turn into any type of insect now mm-hmm. with flying. Uh, but that's fine. Um, the bat wasn't part of the original team. So, swarm number one is on Micah. Okay. Uh, swarm number two is on Taga. Swarm number three is on Accelerate. Okay. And Technically, it doesn't matter where I'm at. Okay, so, four attacks. Uh, are we still doing advantage? Yep, he's still restrained. Okay, so from the companion swarm first. Uh, that is a natural 20. Alright. And they are at. They have not lost size. Oh, no, they did, haven't they? They have lost size, so I go down. They're at less than 50%. Oh, just by barely two. Um, so that plus five. Or Mike, it's full. It's is it is it just half damage, or is it the, the number of dice reduced by the half? dice go down to two? Okay. Yeah, it reduces by from from four dice to two dice. Remember, Mike, you also crazy would just go ahead and roll all four. Oh, that's yeah. true. That's yeah. true. All right. Uh, okay, so 12, 15, 17, 17 plus five, twenty-two. Uh, okay, piercing counts as magical. Okay. And then swarm number one, my swarm number one, uh, a 17, so 26 to hit. Yep. So I'll just set there. Swarm number two, uh, 20. Points of damage, or is no, that no, 20 to hit? Yep, that hits. Okay. Swarm number three, uh, 24. Yep. And swarm number four. Uh, 13 plus 9, 22. Yep. All okay, so all four kind of argued for. So 2, 3, 4, uh, 
Uh, 7 plus 5, 20. No, sorry, 7 plus 5, 12. Okay. And 4, 7, wow. Well, and 13 plus 5, 18. Okay, piercing and magical. And 2, 6, 10, 15. Piercing and magical. <laughs> Bob just put the cap back on. Did I eat him? You completely devoured this demon, which is kind of becoming a theme because you devoured one of the other demons that I threw against you guys <laughs> in a previous game. <laughs> so you are able to end this terrible creature, and unfortunately we are approaching three hours of record time, so we're going to go ahead and end here without all of the crazy talk, but basically what ends up happening, you defeat this demon, the lost city of Mesro is returned to its full glory, and uh, Arctis is reunited with his wife, uh, and they are able to basically get rid of all of the demons and the evil that is around here. So thank you guys very, very much for joining us for this adventure. Next time when we meet, we will be taking on Pools of Cerulean, uh, which is by Alexander Lindsay, uh, a 17th through 20th level Adventurers League adventure. So thank you guys very, very much for joining us, and we hope to see you next week. Say goodbye, everybody. Goodbye, everybody. Auf Wiedersehen. Thank you once again for joining us for another episode of the Homebrew Review. If you would like a chance to join our show and vote on who gets in and what material makes it, please visit our Patreon page where you can help support our podcast and possibly join the crew here. Also, if you would like to follow us, we are on Facebook at Guild Adventure. You can also find us on our website along with links to all the material at www.theadventuringguild.com. And if you are able, please check out Syndicate Games in Kearney, Nebraska for all of your gaming needs. So thank you all very much, and we hope to see you next week. <laughs>